and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redactopus Cephala Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up AW awesome. That's awesome to y'all. We are part of the Dorkening and an EBR podcast networks. And as always, we are brought to you by the delightful Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. Mm. Um, before we get too far away, I want to mention that the Dorkening uh, show, the Dorkening actually was nominated for five podcast awards and won five podcast awards. Uh, Parasite, what was what was the name of this? What was the name of this contest? This was the Amalgamania Podcast and Entertainment Awards. Yes. first ever the hopefully inaugural of many and the uh, i'm Very actually cool. not sure i'm not sure how many categories they were nominated for but uh there were i think yes, maybe only, more than five i think actually i think there were only five categories so i think they were actually nominated in every category and one but that can't Badasses. be right because i know that uh i know other people won certain shows so i think maybe we don't when, when Leo said that, it must have been shows on the network. I, we just want to say good job. Either way, Leo Yay. Pond, the Dorkening, all the wonderful Yay. people over there, love them, and they are they are winners in our eyes, and we love them. And now they're winners in everyone's eyes because they everyone's have some, eyes they have some badass amalgamania trophies. Damn right they Too do. Too many to they, they, they don't even know what to do with all these trophies. At least they can count one on all their fingers. That's right. Oh, so ooh. yeah, True. yeah. But we have eight tentacles here, so uh, we need we need eight awards. But anyway, I am your host, 8-Bit Alchemy. And with me today is, you know, our boy Parasite Steve. Hey, how's it going, everybody? How's it going, 8-Bit? How you doing Oh, tonight? doing very good. I'm doing great. I'm, oh, I'm happy really? to be well, here. That's, that's good. <laughs> happy to talk about some, some stuff we're going to be talking about. But oh, oh, good. F- but fuck, fuck everything else. Yeah. We got motherfucking nintendo back in the studio laying down some shit bringing his tentacles to the fold this what this boy right here this duck dodger he's in the house (laughs) he's ready how are you doing nintendo welcome back i am thank you uh i am uh doing a lot better than i was a few months ago good Um, awesome yeah all, all all i'll say is Mental health is nothing to fuck around with. Right. Damn right it's not. It is important. It needs to be taken care of. Just like you eat your vitamins and go exercise, whatever. You got to take care and of your brain. You got to drink your school and, and don't do milk. And, and, and don't do milk. Yeah, and oh, go to drugs. Do don't do milk. Yes, go to drugs. <laughs> go to drugs. <laughs> Just like Mr. T didn't say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very true though all joking aside the mental health is a huge component that i think a lot of times just gets pushed aside people yes. say to be tough and to tough it out and suck it up and blah 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 and the reality is no that is not what you need to do you need to take care of yourself exactly yep <clears throat> sometimes you gotta be selfish and you know think about yourself and that's right yeah 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 exactly. I mean, always putting yourself last yeah, I mean that—that's like when one it, of my biggest things. Like my entire life is, I'm always putting other people mm-hmm. before myself. You and, are one of the most giving and selfless people I know. Absolutely, you always give back to other people. You always support the little guy. You are an avid watcher of streams. You donate to charities. You support Kickstarters. You do it all to give back, and you are—you are absolutely like the the dude who needs to 
have someone looking out for their own back. And and I'm I'm glad that you uh you took some time for yourself because you Thanks. needed it. You needed Thanks. it. Thanks. And I mean I'm thankful for everyone who uh, who messaged me or texted me, asked me how I'm doing. And they told me their, their stories about their own struggles. And it's comforting to know that I'm not alone. Right. And, you know, we're all in this together. I mean, the pandemic, it isn't helping at no. all. No. Um, no, I want things back to normal as soon as possible, but that's, I don't think it's ever going to happen. At least not the way how things were. Right. Um, yeah. Get back to some capacity. Right. There can be a new normal, but they, it won't be the same. Right. Right. Right, right. We have to adapt. So you, yeah, you gotta adapt. And you gotta like think now. It's like okay, uh, it's not just a common cold. You could possibly have it and spread right. it to other people. Exactly. And possibly kill them. That's right. Especially with all these new variants out, and this is fucking nuts. Right. And, and you know, as Delta's a show, only going to be the first. You know, who knows? Who right. knows? So right. yeah, just just adapt and 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 grow and and change. Don't be uh don't be resilient to doing the right thing. Right. Right. I mean, as a show, we are a pro-science show. We we are all vaccinated. We are all, you know, believers in the science. So um, uh, if that if that loses us a fan or two, uh, that's okay. So be it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah. Take take that very yep. seriously. Even though we we you know don't want to get political or anything like that on the show, but. I, I just think that that's an issue that, you know, transcends and should transcend. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, mental exactly. health, you know, uh, you know, obviously that stuff, that stuff is not helping, <laughs> as you said. No, definitely nope. not. <laughs> definitely not. But, um, although it was good to, uh, you know, to go out to a show a few weeks ago that uh, first I, Steve and I went to. Yeah, that was the, that was, that was, that was the fun. first concert since before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, who'd we go see? We went to see our uh, good old pal, uh, uh, Randy and his band, uh, Swarm of Eyes. Yes, Swarm of before. Eyes. Randy Carter, who uh, was on the show many moons ago to talk about Weird Al Yankovic. Hell yeah. Back so in many season moons. one. Oh, man. I love Randy. He's so cool. Love yeah. Randy. He's such yeah, a Randy. he's a hell of a guy. Randy Carter uh, is too cool to listen to the show, so he won't hear this, but uh, he's, he's <laughs> turning a half century uh, in a mere, uh, what is it, six days? From the recording of this, yeah. So we're half you know, hanging with hanging with the Rand Man next uh, this coming Saturday, and that'll be fun. Pretty but, dope. Uh, yes. Yeah. So happy birthday to Randy Carter, and uh, I feel like somebody in the show, somebody who's listening to the show, probably knows him just because he just knows maybe him. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Derek Lofstrom. Yeah. yeah, Lofstrom. Hey, Lof Lofstrom. How you doing, man? I don't know if Lofty. you listen to the show or not, but hi. I hi. don't know. Maybe. Hi. Maybe. Hi. Hi. But, you know, I think I think more people are going to listen to this episode just by the virtue of uh, the return of a Nintendo Joe. The Joe is back in town. The Joe oh, is back in at town. At least two more people will listen. Yes, at least two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But so we have tried to Bill hold and down, Bill's mom. Yeah. So 8-Bit and I have tried to our best to hold down the fort these last three months. And uh, we've done obviously a lot of crow's nests and a lot of. Uh, little free form discussions for, for the and... brig and we've had some really fun guests and some really uh we went through some old nintendo games we'd been meaning to do we had uh some fun games and some not so fun games and we talked about uh, it all and uh yeah. but we you know uh in talking to you we had decided and we did announce this on the show 
uh, and in the, I believe in the group too, we talked about it, that we were just going to pause the main format of the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, we weren't going to do any more roundtable. Uh, two people aren't a roundtable anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and no more uh, octoponders. And that actually created uh, an unexpected issue where we didn't really have a, a natural spot to put uh, our ads because we always run that halfway through. So um, right, yeah. all, for, for all summer, we kind of weren't running our, our ads and our, uh, you know, promos for other, our friends shows. And, but most importantly, our deadly grounds coffee peeps, uh, you know, and uh, so the last few weeks I was trying to, I was trying to insert it just at the beginning, but there's like no good place, you know, without the structure. Cause the other right. bonus episodes are all free form and stuff. Yeah. So it's fun that tonight we're finally able to return to, Form, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. We have, if you are listeners of the show, we have been talking about this episode for a long fucking time. It was May that I think we were talking about this. May twentieth, and- we asked, <laughs> we asked the octoponder question. We Pepperidge Farm remembers we your do. answer. We do. We remember. So we have everybody's answers from May twentieth, <laughs> and oh, we're gonna read them. Five tonight. of you. Yeah, we're going to read them tonight, and yeah, right. uh, uh, that'll be really, really cool, and uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just dying to get back to it. And we even, the funniest part to all this, and, and I'll shut up because I know we got to get going on the actual <laughs> theme, but, but the funniest part to me, and we, we did mention this too in, in one of the bonus episodes we did, we recorded a supplemental crow's nest with Joe back in May. Yes. Before he stepped away, f- that was a supplemental episode for this episode that and we, we were like, never okay, got to record. <laughs> we'll record the main one next. Right. And then the break happened, and it's like, oh no, that yeah. crow's nest is so, just floating out to sea. So it's just literally been <laughs> just hanging out on my, my hard drive. And like, it's just, uh, so we will play that supplemental episode. Uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll launch what- it. Yeah, next soon week or something. Next yeah. week or something. Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. But uh, what's a, also funny is yeah. that XVGM Radio did an episode on the games that are in our supplemental Crow's Nest episode, and I remember talking to Mike Levy and being like, "No way, dude, that's crazy! You guys just dropped an episode on this. We just finished recording an episode on this. I can't wait to promote your episode when ours drops." And it's like <laughs> three it never months later. <laughs> I'm like, right. I am still gonna drop the link, Mike, even though it's probably like five to ten episodes old now i don't yeah. care i don't care i'm still gonna do it <laughs> gonna do it can't stop it. him can't stop won't <laughs> stop the beat you can't Can't stop the eight biter you can't stop it <laughs> the eight beats eight bites can't oh, do man. it all right so guys guys we guys. ready Nintendo are we ready guys. for some meat and Nintendo potatoes yes Nintendo yes. guys Nintendo yes. guys Nintendo chicken tender guys all right <laughs> So, so if, what is our theme? All right. Tonight? So so for all of you out there who remember what we were talking about in May of 2021, <laughs> uh, good for you. For the rest of you, um, we today are talking about the concept of NES hard. We are talking about Nintendo games that were just so goddamn hard that you know maybe you beat them maybe you didn't but you just you know you remember or you've encountered them you know throughout your exploration of retro gaming that these games are just fucking impossible (laughs) and and so we're we all you know have 
a variety of different games that we've talked about over the years, just, you know, as friends chatting about this stuff. And we're like, let's open this up. Let's talk about this on an episode and let's get some people's, you know, opinions in the Octoponder section uh, and really just kind of highlight some of these. And, and I think what I'm most excited about is that not all of these games are necessarily shitty. In fact, there are a few that are really cool that are games that we actually, you know, enjoy or remember fondly, but they're still hard as hell. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is part of the fun is that it's not just dumping on a bunch of games uh, because they're hard right. and they're bullshit and they suck. Um, it's actually, you know, also saying, yeah, but this and this and this were really cool. It's right. just that the games are very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's the most fun part of this. Yeah, we, uh, we, me, I think we specifically, yeah. we tried to be positive with our picks, right? Didn't It's hard to remember all that. So it, it wasn't explicit because one of mine is like, like I, I have positive things to say about both of them, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't necessarily like one of them. I liked much, much more than the other. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I think yeah, there was always like a level of appreciation behind it. So <laughs> I, I actually like both of mine. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. I really tried to like not pick the obvious one. Awesome. Because my brain always yes. goes to NES Batman, and I was, I was right. like dead set against picking nes batman as much as i adore that quest game. you know yeah yeah although so those Boy, are there's... such good examples of in my opinion a good nintendo hard game and a bad nintendo hard game thing like mm -hmm, what yeah. makes it what makes it hard is is does right. the challenge feel bullshit or is it like hmm this is hard but i'm having fun i want to keep trying right Exactly. Is it fair? Is it because the controls suck? Is right, it because right, the yeah. level design is bad or the enemies, you know, go through you or, or you, they give you one life and make you start at the beginning of the game yes. every time? Or, right. You know. Exactly. And that's not um, just Fester's Quest. Tons of no tons of like shooter games would do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I figure we'll just uh, do as we have done in the past where uh, the host, I will start. Uh, and then we will kind of just go around. So I'll do me, Nintendo, Parasite, and then we'll we'll do the Octoponder. We'll come back. We'll do our second picks. It's going to be a whole thing. There's going to be a beta segment, which I hope Parasite Steve remembers. I'm pretty sure he does. He took some really good notes. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good episode. We got the whole kit and caboodle here for you. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's jump in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right. So. The, uh, the game that I'm going to be talking about up front is called The Adventures of Dino Ricky. Ooh, now, this is a game oh, yes. that I, I've heard the name. Like, it's a weird name. It's a name that I remembered distinctly. But I didn't know a whole lot about the game until I was doing some research and playing some old games uh, in prep for this episode. So this is a game that was made by Hudson Soft, um, a company that is really known for Bomberman and Adventure Island, uh, to name a couple. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so this game was uh, known in Japan as Shinjinri, the new type. Uh, <laughs> it was a game that was released in 1987 for the Famicom, and then it came out in 1989 uh, in North America for the NES. This game is it's an interesting okay so it's a it's a top-down character shooter right it's very similar to something like akari warriors you know it's a game a lot of people are familiar with if you're not you know you play as these commando guys you're walking up the screen you shoot guys you kind of move around like you're like you're actually controlling a man not 
a, a ship or a plane or something. But it's, it's also similar to stuff like 1943 or any other of those vertical shooters, you know, that people have played. Uh, so Akari Warriors comes to mind. Top-down mm-hmm. character shooter, right? So you're moving around as this little caveman guy, uh, you know, I, Dino I, I, Ricky. I his friends, Ricky. His friends call him Ricky. Uh, his mom calls him Dino Ricky. Uh, you know. <laughs> Dino Ricky. Dino <laughs> Richard is my father. <laughs> Dino Ricard. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Don't you talk about my dad. Uh, so... You know, I, I, I boot it up, get into it. And I'm like, oh, this looks really cute. You know, the graphics are nice and big and colorful. Your character is very distinct. The enemies are really cool. Like everything in the game looks awesome. And Good I'm like, boss. wow, th- Good this is just, yeah, great, great. You know, like anime style, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, caveman box very, art. Very, very cool. Hudson soft looking. That box. Yeah. Yep. Like I could tell a mile away. Yep. It, <laughs> it really does. It screams Hudson. Uh, and so, you know. Okay, you start out, you know, you get uh, a variety of weapons. You start out just throwing rocks, and then you get axes, and you upgrade to boomerangs. And then the final upgrade weapon is honestly the only friggin' good one, which is the volley of just, like, fireballs. You just hold the button down, and he's just, like, infinitely throwing fireballs in random directions. It's also, I think, the only, like, semi-rapid-fire weapon. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, you might notice something. You know, axes boomerangs fireballs it's a lot of the same weapons that you had in adventure island and uh you actually you know playing this game there is a lot of similarities that i was like seeing in some of the designs and stuff like that i honestly feel like with a very little amount of effort this game could have just been an adventure island shoot 'em up i honestly think it's mm. kind of weird that it wasn't yeah. because it's still mm. the same basic theme you have dinosaurs you have cavemen you have you know tropical settings just various different things um you know bodies of water islands like it really just could have been an adventure island shooter Mm. and it's it's odd because it wasn't in japan either um but anyway just an interesting thing to note you know being a hudson game Mm -hmm. uh so so the thing that this game does that it tries to do that i give it credit for but it fails at is that it tries to introduce platforming in a vertical scrolling shooter. So your character's always walking on the ground, okay? And then you get up to the first area where there's water, and if you don't know any better, if you somehow haven't tried the two buttons on the NES controller, (laughs) one of them jumps. (laughs) So, you know, that's something that is necessary, to get through the levels you can't just choose to go on the safe path you have to do this jumping puzzle stuff and the jumping is like the most precise hyper specific jumping ever created i mean (laughs) i'm talking about like there's a small little platform and it's x amount of size on the screen and unless you're like dead friggin center on this thing your guy is going to end up dumping in the water in instant death. It's not like you lost a piece of health. It's like you're dead. And then you have to start over from either the beginning of the level or the checkpoint, depending on how far you got. Mm. So these platforming things, honestly, are what ruined the game. Yes, it's a hard game as a shoot 'em up games tend to be. But this platforming stuff, it, it's like it's both the ambition of the game, which I appreciate, but it's also its downfall. And it's like, right. that that's a bummer. Um, so honestly, I, I really, I couldn't even beat level one 
Like oh my most, god! Wow. Most of these types of shoot 'em up games, you can usually beat level one or two. Sure. And then it's like, okay, then it's really hard. No, level one, I tried so many times and I could not naturally beat it. I had to use save and load in order to just see more of the game. And uh, you know, I will say that every level has pretty cool bosses. Um, there aren't that many levels. There's only three, and then. Uh, the fourth level just recycles the first three levels in a row and you have to beat them all back to back without dying. If you die at any point, you have to start over. It's insane. Uh, That's, that's, that might be bad heart. This, 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 so, so I appreciate this game, not from a gameplay standpoint. I really appreciate what it did. This, the genre, the art direction, the, the, you know, potential of it have been if it was an adventure island shooter. Like I really like everything it went for, but the game itself is is borderline impossible. Honestly, yeah. I don't think I've ever played a game that felt more impossible. Um, so uh, so yeah, there's there's a couple of power ups that you get. One of them are wings that just let you fly over everything. And honest to God, it's like that's the only way that you're gonna get through this friggin' jumping areas. But cheating. you don't all al- you don't <laughs> always get that. You know, you, it's not like you always have that power up. Yeah. Uh, and so I never saw this, but apparently there's an ultimate power up called Macho Ricky, where Ricky <laughs> converts himself into like a humongous caveman guy, and he just shoots out copies of his body. You know, you know, like an air zonk where that <laughs> one guy just fires oh, out. Yes. Stuff. Like, like that is just like a weird Japanese shooter trope where but, it's like, what's the strongest thing I could shoot myself? That like, projectile is me, is me <laughs> so powerful. Like nothing hurts more than being hit by the opponent's uh, body, uh, by the opponent's self shooting oh, bodies. So, yeah, freaking hilarious. I, I never got to see that, though. Um and and so honestly i mean that's that's the thing like uh the bosses in the game were really cool there was a pterodactyl then you find a t-rex you find a huge snake and then really friggin' weird i don't know if this was like a commentary on probably not a commentary on evolution but it just it like it makes no goddamn sense the last boss of the game after you've gone through the first three levels and then all three again the big last final boss is is a giant bee now I get it. It's Hudson, right? It's the yeah. bee, right? But it doesn't look like the Hudson bee. It's not cartoony. It's like this very realistically drawn big fucking bee. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that's weird because the whole goddamn game I've been fighting dinosaurs and then level three is just like have a snake. And I'm like, okay, well, there was definitely more dinosaurs you could have done here. I mean, guys. they knew no and one was going to the... get to these bosses. Right, I know. But then the last <laughs> boss are like big bee. And it's like, it's, it's a good, it's a good you know, sprite like it's a very well drawn bee, but why the hell is it a bee? Like it could have been any fucking dinosaur. I don't know. It's very weird, very weird, very dumb. Uh, and then the uh, the fun tidbit for this game before I'll uh, I'll pass off the uh, the mic here. Um, so the main character Ricky actually gets his name from the Japanese pro wrestler Ricky Choshu. The Japanese version of the game was endorsed by Choshu, and he appeared in variety of ads for the game uh and apparently in the japanese version when ricky gets uh, a power up he instead of turning into uh macho ricky uh he turns into choshu and can cause damage with his trademark ricky lariat 
Uh, so it was a fucking wrestling tie-in game That's in Japan. Like, insane. how different could that be? <laughs> right. I actually found some sprites of. Uh, I don't know if be? it's. B. I don't know if it's Macho Ricky or if it's the Japanese version, but uh, oh, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> and it, it's a thing. It is a thing. Oh my god! His, his pectorals are very round. Very, so, very round. Very round. Okay. Oh they, god! They, yeah, they, they don't look like uh, pectorals per se. If you catch my drifter, <laughs> I mean, he looks like he's got a stellar set of uh, two drifters. Double Dino Rick. Double Dino. Oh wow! Actually, both both D's stand for Dino. Dino Dino. <laughs> Oh, I found a picture of the wrestler too, Ricky Choshu. He, it's so weird. What's with Hudson, right? Like, like Master Higgins was based off of a real guy, <laughs> right, right. And then they're like, who else is cool? All right, this wrestler guy, <laughs> obviously Ricky Choshu. Um, Ricky Choshu is the show. I and this B, even this, this fucking B. Even as you're talking about this game, my initial thought is the game that I always get this mixed up with, which is. Kid Nikki, Radical Ninja. Kid Nikki. I mean, it's yep. just because that's the game, game I was thinking of too. Yeah. Exactly, though. Yep. But that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like it's as if. I mean, I know the name, um, Dino Ricky. Absolutely know the name, but instantly, all I can think of is the other box art, the other game. I thought you were going to say <laughs> it was a side scroller, right. and it's like you know, I had to look it up as you were talking, and it's it's like oh oh. I don't think I've ever played this, but I yeah. have never played it. And, and like I told, like I said, I'm like, it's a name. I a hundred percent remember. Like I know that name for sure, but yeah. my God, if you showed me a picture of the graphic with no context, I wouldn't have any clue what it was. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Um, yeah. So adventures of Dino Ricky. Uh, I think I wanted yeah. to, I, I was happy to bring it to the table. Um, you know, in part because there are some things that I like about it, but also because it's it's a super goddamn hard NES game that not a lot of people talk about. Now, granted, true, right? there's there's plenty of YouTube videos out there that do talk about it and whatnot, but it does not often get name dropped. That and is I'm sure true. It's just because it's an, obsc- an obscure-ish yeah. game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's part of the fun too. Is talking about something that is a little less known. So yeah, and I mean, whatever. and on an episode called Nintendo Hard which I think is what we ended up calling this episode. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I believe so. Um, it's uh, yeah. The uh, this is a game you couldn't beat level one. That is very rare. <laughs> I couldn't. And um, I was, so that, that's hard. Like I was, I was trying. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I believe you. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I honestly, I honestly, I was, I was seriously like, no, I can beat level one without save and load. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not going to be able to say anything about this game. I can't beat level one. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to save and load. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, so frustrating. You got to use like, the power of Ricky Choshu. That's the deal. Oh, I, well, I didn't have the lariats. I was playing an American version. That was What's the a problem. lariat. So it's a type of so wrestling is move. Dino Ricky really Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> I don't know why. No advice to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, right. Oh. You're talking about B-movie. Yes. B. The B-movie. The B-movie. B-movie. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. My, my so appara- mm-hmm. Apparently, Alaria is a rope used as a lasso or for tethering. Hmm. But it's also... No, I know it's a wrestling move. 
right? Hold on. Well, Alaria is, oh yeah, okay, okay. Alaria is a move in wrestling in which one wrestler runs toward their opponent, strikes them by extending their arm straight out and moving it forward against their neck or chest area. The move is often confused with the clothesline, which does not involve forward momentum of the arm. Okay. Gotcha. So he so clotheslines people. Tough shit. Yeah, he, 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 he clotheslines people. I would call it a clothesline 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, but the Ricky Choshu cl- clothesline doesn't quite have the same chutzpah. Does Lariat have chutzpah? Has more chutzpah? It has more chutz than the than the clothesline. I don't know. It's fine. Know. It's fine. It's fine. All right, moving right along. Yes, I'm, right I'm sure you guys are, are chomping at the bit here. Nintendo, if oh hello, oh hello, oh hi, oh hi, guy. How are you? I'm doing good. How, how are you? How are you? How's your mother? For you? What can I do for you? <laughs> Anywho, so my my first pick is an obvious one, and that's uh, Ninja Gaiden. Yes. Uh, I know we've mentioned this before on the show, but I know I just had a hard time coming up with NES hard games that are like obscure and you know not a lot of people talk about mm-hmm. but uh ninja game always comes to mind yes and it's not mm-hmm. just because of those fucking birds it's like the whole game in general at least for me i know people oh can, yeah can piss through this game no problem but for me this game is just super fucking hard it's yeah to me it's nes hard because of the enemy placements and it's just a lot of it's like bullshit. dubious it's like the worst enemy placements I've ever experienced on any video game. It's just fucking outrageous. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. still it's still a good game. Yeah. It's fun. And I, I love the graphics, the music. Uh, oh, especially the music. Holy shit. Um, and uh, uh, the, the, the cutscenes. Yes. Are just oh. fucking amazing. They're wicked. Back in the I, day. Mean, I mean, I think it's the gold standard for cutscenes on the it oh, adds yeah. so much personality yeah. to the game. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. I think it was like the, the first game that I've played or seen that had cutscenes like that. The first one I remember is uh, Ast- Astyanax. Was that after, though? I don't know, but, yeah, don't but know it was either. the first one that I took notice of. And for for there was a time where I was like, nothing is ever going to be Astyanax. And then yeah, <laughs> it's so funny how lame the cutscenes in that game are compared to ninja gaiden because ninja gaiden (laughs) doesn't reuse the same sprites as anywhere near as much right and i mean they're they're very cinematic it's freaking awesome yeah so freaking good Um, and honestly the story in the ninja gaiden games all three of them the stories are like interesting at least they're they're totally interesting i mean i i yeah so rare in those days and uh and yeah yeah i i think it's a so it's good. a good hard game it is a good hard sure. game yeah so good so nice mm. mm-hmm. just like a potato um honestly i think steve and i tried to play through the the ninja gaiden games like a bunch of years ago and we're like wow mm-hmm. yeah no we're bad at these games like yeah. these are so goddamn hard they're really hard honestly i think the the first one is the hardest one which is funny because i think people say that they get harder as they go I don't, I don't i've never really even weird. tried the third one 
I've yeah, tried the neither. third one. I think the third one was the second hardest, and it's not as good mm-hmm. as the other two, but um, still a good game. Um, two is probably my favorite. I love two so much. Two has I, Ashtar. I, I, Ashtar, yeah, he's so cool. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I just think that game is easier. It's more doable hmm. and uh, a lot less frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's game one fucking hard as balls yeah hard as balls now it's no introduction eight bit no would you say that this is sort of a uh, a forebear of like the the souls games because i do feel like a lot oh, of okay this yep is like you have to master all these millions of jumps you have to do them perfect but they mm-hmm. are the same every time and a lot of times what makes them hard is as as joe said the enemy placement, it's like just evil. You know, yep. they know that you will come to this point at this moment as the screen scrolls and hit the jump button. And so right, they're yeah. going to make a right. bird fly because... out of nowhere before you even yep. like you don't even see the bird on the screen until you've already jumped and it it hits you and jumped. You, yeah. And it knocks you into a pit every time. So, so there's, so, uh, like, so there's... Okay, wait for the bird. Don't jump yet. You know? Right. Yeah, and the yep. the, res- the respawn rate is just outrageous. Yes. Like, so wise. I was gonna say I was gonna totally mention that. Yeah. So I think that the Dark Souls thing definitely borrows a lot of the same kind of concepts, but where the core difference is is that a lot of NES hard games are hard for a for for those reasons, but also compounding reasons, which are hardware limitations causing constant enemy respawn. You know, whatever, whatever the way that it was programmed for just infinite enemies to pop out, that's that's bullshit. You know, you never have to deal with that in a Souls game. And honestly, I feel like really you should have never had to deal with that in the NES games to begin with, because so many of these games, it's like it's it's about the the setup and, and, and OK, how am I going to come at this platform? How am I going to hit this? enemy how am i going to do this and then if you falter for one pixel and the enemy comes back your setup is all fucked so you don't have the angle to hit the enemy right you get hit you fall off it's you know it's all in the trash and so i think that definitely makes the nes games a lot harder but for sure tons of people when they you know souls stuff started getting really popular were all saying yeah but like this is this is like nes hard this is like nintendo hard you know it's just people forgot how games could be because games for such a long period of time were of the mindset of it's not if you can beat the game, it's just when you beat it. Right, because everything yeah. was usually, you know, there's a lot more hand-holding. It's a lot about just putting in the hours, you know. There's not oh, yeah. often games now that are so hard that you may not beat them. You know, say for, I, I, I mean, the last one that comes to mind is like Devil May Cry 3. I know people say that game is like fucking absurd hard on any yeah. difficulty level. I've never played it. Um, but for the most part, games are just, they're beatable. You know, it's not, yes. it's not all that hard. Um, yeah, totally, so know the, you, total, totally know what you mean. Yeah. So, so the Souls games yeah. were the ones to, to kind of come back to, to the NES approach and be like, there's a lot of people that might give up on this. You know, they might bail right. out. But right. for those who want to keep playing and do remember the fun of, okay, but I'm getting better and I'm learning and all this other shit, like mm-hmm. th- those people really got hooked. 
um but yeah yeah and ninja, ninja gaiden you know it's just it's one of those or gaiden it's one of those games that i i appreciate from afar i think it's very cool but i'm super bad at it and i i i it's a game that i like the first bunch of levels and then it gets so hard and i i can't really i can't do very much right but and that's fine when we did that that was that was so long ago this way before the podcast and because oh, yeah. that that totally feels like we could we could have done a uh, crow's nest on that but it, it was so long ago and it was so funny like i remember that night really distinctly and we were we were planning on playing through all three in one night that was, I know. we're like, we're going to cheat. We're going to save the load <laughs> on this oh emulator, but God. we're going to do it. And after the first yeah. one, we just absolutely couldn't do it. But what absolutely killed it for us was we had a really hard time at the last level, which I know is really, really hard. And when you don't mm-hmm. have save and load, when you're doing it legit, like, uh, you know, talented players, um, you know, you die and you only have a few guys and then you have to do the whole level over again. And that's also right. the deal with Batman. That's what makes Batman so hard. It's like you can get good at the the platforming and you get to the point where you're like, okay, no, I, I got this. But if you die, if they make the boss too hard or too bullshit or whatever, like in my opinion, the, the Joker in the in the in that Batman game is is just bullshit. And it's the only mm-hmm. part yeah. of that game that pisses me off to the point where I'm like, fuck this. This is bullshit because that game is challenging, but it it's it's very good and it's fair it's fair to a weird degree, actually, because the fucking like Pratt Falls of the, the like the level hazards will hurt enemies, which I is almost unheard of. And that's in Batman. But but yeah, if you die at that at that, you know, at the Joker, you're you're beating the whole level again again. And, and it's just like in freaking Ninja Gaiden. It's like the last level is so incredibly hard. It's all yeah. instant deaths. You know, it's all you're getting knocked into pits by birds like yeah, like it. And I think that's why the yeah. bird got so so infamous. But like, right. yeah, those eagles or whatever they're called. But, you know, the yeah, uh, yeah the, the last guy is really hard, apparently, unless you have like this one sub weapon, which we did not have. So there's apparently one of the sub weapons. I don't know the game enough to know which one it is, but it makes it very easy. But we didn't yeah. have that one. And I learned right. that later. And it's like, oh, well, it was really, really so hard. And everybody's like, oh, my God, the last guy is the easiest thing ever. You just have to have this. And right. Like, right. Uh, it was the uh, the spirals. OK. The spiral yeah. It's like, well, oh, like shit. Well, OP. I didn't know that we didn't have that. And when what we did was we saved when he got when we got to the last guy. And then we were just like, mm-hmm. you know, trying it over and over and over again. We didn't want to do the level again. And so it was just yeah. this miserable process trying to beat the last guy. And his like, you know, three forms mm-hmm. or whatever. The Jacquio, yeah. and then eventually the demon, which I love. I love yeah. the freaking final form of the final so boss. Cool. Oh, he's just awesome. It's like yeah. that demon statue comes to life. Love it. But yeah. Yeah. Very. I mean, very speaking difficult. of of that, uh, you know, dying at the boss in the sixth uh, level and uh, going all the way back to the beginning of that level. Um, that's actually a glitch that was intentionally left in the game. Really? Yes. No kidding. Do you not I, go back just, to the beginning I, of other levels? No, no. This, this is the only this one level. Oh my god! I never knew that. Yeah, Again, I just so never crazy. played. Literally, just I just that much. But like, yeah, like, the game's hard enough as is. But you're gonna like leave a fucking glitch like that <laughs> in the game? Like holy oh, crap! Like so like how many? Evil. It's like it's like it's like level six. Four is the boss, and then yeah. you gotta go back to six one what right like why bullshit yeah fuck you (laughs) 
Yeah. It just it's just so disheartening to, to yeah. have that happen. It's soul, it, it's soul crushing. It's soul crushing. Sure. It is. It's really, really hard. But yeah, that's yeah. a I mean that you're right. It's a classic uh celebrated Nintendo hard game. Yeah, for sure. Really is, really is. Awesome. All right. Uh Parasite Svensson. Talk yes. to us. Yes, sir. What you so got, sir? I, uh, I have uh, I tried to I tried to do deep dives, like I said, and I tried to find games that I actually liked. Um, so uh, I have a game that I feel like nobody ever talks about. And um, I don't have that much to say about it. So, like, let's let's just dive in. It's called yeah. Burai Fighter or as Burai, you would, as you would say in mm. Japanese, Burai, Burai, Burai Fighter. Released in 1990, developed by KID, and published worldwide by a number of companies, including Taito, but it was only Taito. It was only published by Taito. Um, this uh, this game's awesome. It's a horizontal shooter. You're a, it's a character shooter. You play as this really cool, like you know, space astronaut sort of like Section Z kind of dude. And um, it is just there's there's a few things about it that make it unique um it's a it's an eight direction character shooter there are other games like that obviously uh when you start shooting that direction is held uh i can think i think that's how i feel like that's how forgotten worlds works but i could be wrong on that i know there are other nope games. that that's what i was thinking of i was um, thinking of forgotten worlds but you know so that's that's neat you know you can shoot in eight directions hold it down and then if you need to you know reposition your your line of fire just release the button and hold it down the right moment it's perfectly easy it feels good works well uh the power-up system is kind of my favorite part um there are three weapons in the game uh it's the laser the ring and the missile and they are just the it's just a square you pick up with those letters l r or m and the way it works is um you can collect all three and switch between them, um, which is always fun, but they're also, you can power them up. So it gets stronger. I think every five levels. So I think, you know, at level five, it'll change. And then at level 10, it changes a second time or something like that. Um, and so, you know, it gets bigger and bigger. Um, mm-hmm. and it, and it really is like worthwhile. Like it's really, really awesome. worthwhile, really awesome good power-ups for sure like the missiles obviously you shoot more missiles um the laser is really cool i mean honestly like all three weapons are great it's not like oh there's only one that's good and the other ones are garbage i'm never going to use them because really a lot of times that does happen you know it's your own preference but a lot of times like oh if there's like five different options you're not going to use like three of them probably you know you're never going to get those ones you know but yeah anyway it's kind of fun they're all good um, and the neatest part about the power-up system, in my opinion, I do love the way they, they power up the couple different levels, but, um, you, whatever weapon you're using when you die, um, it will go back to level one, but the other two will remain at their current level. Ooh, okay. That's awesome. So now when you game over, they all zero out, um, right. and you start the level over. But um, it is really, it, it feels pretty fair. And you start to get good at, because um, there's so many power-ups are shooting them at you like all the time. 
And yeah. so it's almost like you're constantly picking up power-ups as you move. So as you move around hazards and, and enemies and bullets, you're also constantly picking up stuff, like more than your typical shooter. And uh, it's, it's cool. You're like, well, this part is really hard. I don't want to use, like, my good weapon. Maybe you think right. that for this part, it would, or for the next part or something, you know, maybe you're like, I better save the laser because I don't need it right now. So, but, but the, maybe the, the ring is your least favorite. So you're like, I already died. The ring is already zeroed out. I might as well just, instead of using the, the level 10, I might want to try it again with the ring just because it's not about force in this part. It's about dodging or something like that. You mean, you know, you may make that determination on certain parts of levels. The levels themselves. Um, oh, so the graphics are great. I, I'll just say the graphics just yeah. overall are great. The character's a decent size, but he's not too big. You know, because when character is too big on a shooter, you don't want them to be that big. But when they're microscopic, it, right. it's less fun. I always feel. I feel like fun. there's a yeah. happy medium. You want you want the size of your character to be, but he's a good size, and and so like it, it, the levels will move in all different directions. Um, and sometimes they change. Sometimes, you know, you're going left to right and then it'll go down and then it'll go left. And, you know, it, it, it literally just, it depends on the level. So the level design is honestly pretty freaking interesting for a character shooter. They did a great job coming up with levels. I think there's only like six levels or something. It's not, you know, I can't remember now how many. See, back in March, I had just played through it, but now I, I can't remember how many levels are. But there was, it wasn't too long of a game. Um, I did yeah. use save and load uh, a lot, and um, and but with it, I had a really good time. So you know, I would not be great at this game. I'm. I wasn't terrible or anything. It's not like I was saving it every two seconds, but the later levels I was, you know, yeah. First few, like I was, I was doing pretty good. And then the later ones, but another interesting thing is I think it's like every, every third level or something. So maybe there's like, maybe there is like nine levels or something, or maybe every other level or something like that. I wish I could remember. Maybe it's every other level. It goes from your typical side scrolling, you know, granted you can go all different directions. It'll like left to right up to down, whatever, but it feels like, okay, this is this. Then it'll switch to a giant open space. You're just in space. And it's like totally different. There are enemies that fly towards you and in patterns, but there's no walls anywhere. It's just this giant void. Mm. And the point of it is you have to find somewhere in this giant space. It's huge. And it's easy to just keep looping. Um, without realizing it because there's just nothing to really figure out where, where you are other than there is like a little map and it helps a little. I, I know they do something with a map. It's, it's not a map map, but there's some way of figuring out where you are. I just can't remember what it is now, but it was some way that, that like helped you. But the point is you have to find in somewhere on one of the screens of this, that makes up this giant, huge thing, this void is a base. And when you find the base, you have to like kill a whole ton of turrets 
that are all around the outside of it. So you're going to have to come at it from all different angles, shoot all different ways. And some of them you actually have to go in like it's like a U shape or something. And you have to blast the ones on the outside and then go inside and blast those two. It gets harder and harder every time. But I think there's like three levels like that total, which just, you know, breaks it up and is something you don't usually see. Um, That is really fun. It's honestly, I think it is one of the best shooters on the NES. My favorite straight shooter on the NES is called Gun Knack. I think that is a very fun, easy. Well, well, see, it's playable. I say easy. It's yeah. play. It's it's. It doesn't have no challenge, but just for a straight shooter, because I mean, Guardian Legends like my favorite favorite, but that's like a hybrid. So Gun Knack and then Crisis Force, which was never released here. And Joe discovered that game some years ago. Those are, I think, probably the best two shooters. I do think that this is in the top five. I really that's, like, I really like the Fighter. Yeah. Um, and it's got a really cool cover. A cover is, uh, I, I happened to find the guy's name who painted it. It's this guy's name is uh, uh, Frank Chiracco or Sirocco. And uh, he did a bunch of, you know, video game com- covers back in the day. I really love this. It shows the guy that you actually control that actually looks like you and he's fighting this giant green space dragon who is legitimately the final boss of the game and who looks actually just like that it's refreshing that is right, refreshing. Right. it actually shows the freaking characters from the game so anyway More check out Variety like that awesome I had had this game on my list to check out uh, when I had modded my NES Classic, um, and I never got a chance to play it, but I am really glad that it's awesome. I, I definitely will make a point to give it a shot, and it uh, looks like there is, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, there's also a Game Boy version. Uh, which yes, is, there is. Oh, yeah, that's right. that's right. Uh, and I am frequently impressed at how many Game Boy games existed that I did not know about, because... Damn, it was a friggin' lot. I mean, I, I didn't hit the Game Boy scene until Game Boy Color, so that's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, it. So it's it's uh, NES Famicom and then uh, Game Boy Color, yeah. And yeah. oh man, the cover is so lame for the Game Boy Color. It just kind of it doesn't even look like a space guy, really. It kind of just looks like just a generic yeah. marine or something. It, it also said like there's a version of it that says Space Marauder. Like they just changed the name of it. Oh yeah, really Barai Fighter. And uh, my brain. Uh, not knowing what this game is, Barai Fighter does sound like a kung fu game. That is, it, yeah. yeah, it yeah. Fighter it should not game. be in the title for a <laughs> no, space shooter, yeah. not at all. And the Japanese one clearly looks like a a Gundam. It's you know? just straight up Gundam. Yeah, just Gundam. He's got the same shoes. But the guy, the I mean, the NES cover, yeah. is spot on, spot on. Yeah. The guy, it's an and, awesome old school the, the uh, dragon, comic book style. Oh. That dragon is so cool. I love him. It is. He reminds yeah. me of the space. Uh, I mean, the uh, the big snake on Life Force a little bit, but he's definitely a dragon. Like yep. You, yeah. You yeah. can tell. Yeah, really 100%. Cool. cool game. Nobody talks about it. I, I suggest uh, everybody to check it out if you like shooters and uh, you're into games that are hard. But honestly, it's it's fun enough that I, I wanted to keep going. And, you know, granted, I cheated, but I did beat the thing. And um, it was it was fun. Awesome, dude. That's super fun. Yes. I, I will definitely make a point to check that out. I was yeah. actually, when you said Bri Fighter, I immediately went to Abadox. Oh, oh Deadly Inner yeah. War. 
That game, yeah. I can't I can't get past the first level in that game. I suck at Abadox. Yeah. I'm ter- I'm garbage at Abadox. I I'm flabbergasted at how bad I am. It's like, why am I so bad at this? I, <laughs> Another I'm very memorable uh cover with that big goofy eyeball thing. The graphics in that yeah. game are awesome. Yeah, really good. They are, and, and it, it awesome. does the life force thing. It switches. You have vertical levels and you have horizontal levels. Right, and the and the uh, the horizontal. No, I'm sorry, vertical levels. You're going down instead of up. So it's there's a lot of a lot of neat things about that game, and honestly, the the bosses are all like freaking gross too, which is so fun. Um, I've always wanted to like be able to get somewhere in Abadox, but I've only been able to see levels for like online, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it was from yep. Milton Bradley too, which is like shocking. <laughs> I know you gotta. I, I feel like they must have published it or something because that's just crazy pants. Like, yeah. yeah, they didn't know. make games. What? I don't uh, know. Oh, not, yeah, oh, not Sume. Not Sume Ab- developed it. Oh, yeah. okay. Abadox is a like it's it's a game that I wish I was better at so I could actually have fun with it, but I'm terrible at it. So that's I would say Barai Fighter is, in my, in my opinion, much more playable. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, awesome. Yeah. That uh, that pretty much wraps up our first half of the episode, which is great. We're doing great. We're feeling good. We're back to form. We're freaking out here. We're talking yes. to you. You're listening I to mean, us. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, man, they're tearing me apart. Oh. <laughs> My leg. <laughs> My leg. Uh, I just did the Dimitri. Grab my leg. <laughs> um, yeah, you were doing SpongeBob. It's fine. It's fine. We're, we're, we'll, we'll get there. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, here we are. It's about this time that we're going to take a short break. But before we do that, we have something for you to ponder. Yes, we do. Octoponder, that is. Uh, so the question uh, this time, a.k.a. three months ago, is what is the hardest NES game or, or sorry, hardest game for the NES that you have personally beaten? Uh, and if not a game that you've personally beaten, then what's the hardest that game for the NES that you have played? Uh, so I'm going to leave you all with that. Um, and we were going to answer the Octoponder question ourselves when we come back from a little break. So stay tuned. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. Hello, this is Terrell Whitlatch. I am the lead creature designer for The Phantom Menace, among other things. And you are listening to Retro Redoctopus. Hey, are you ready to do some thinking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. 
Welcome back aboard, everybody. Before we took a break, we asked you all to ox ponder this question, which is what is the hardest game for the NES that you have personally beaten? And if not a game that you've beaten, then what's the hardest game for the NES that you have played? Uh, so since we're kind of rusty at this and I forget, uh, do we usually go first? Is that what yes. we do? Yes. I think we sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. Yeah, I think I think we we go. We're going first. All right, fuck it. All right, so so we we go first, and then and then you guys get to go. Yeah, this is our this is our pony show, and my (laughs) pony's gonna go. All right, so show, um, show me your pony. Show me your pony. Uh, okay, so I mean, I'd say the hardest game for the NES that I've personally beat um, is Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Oh, yeah. Um, that yeah. game I really liked when I was a kid, and I thought it was uh, just fun and different. It had a cool art style, had good music, and had some neat mechanics. I just yeah. had a lot of fun with the game. But neat main character. I, the main character, you know, I just and, and that game actually has some pretty interesting stories, some cool cutscenes and stuff. Uh, mm. Very like Assassin's Creed in a weird way, where like your main character had an ancestor who was a Kabuki performer, it's, and it's somehow, literally exact. Yeah, it's like, and then you like you go into a computer world and yep. you manifest as this Kabuki person, and it's it's very it's so, like it's there's, so there's so funny. many echoes of ass of ass Creed uh, in there. Yeah, uh, but Kabuki Quantum Fighter, Vice right? Versa. It's like so, right? That's like, that's what I meant. Yeah, the biggest <laughs> ripoff of Kabuki Quantum Fighter I've ever goddamn seen. What is Damn this it, ass Ubisoft. Creed game? You guys are bullshit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was there was one summer like maybe four or five years ago that I just sat down and I played through like Chippendale Rescue Rangers one and two. I played through like Rocket Knight Adventures on the Genesis and I played through Kabuki Quantum Fighter and I just sat down. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm going to play this fucking game. And I played it on the actual hardware with our cartridge and I beat the game. Uh, it honestly was a lot of fun. Like I remember it getting challenging, but I don't in any way remember getting like frustrated or anything like i was just like okay cool you know i'm i'm learning the levels you have as many continues as you want um you get a lot of neat like sub weapons and stuff as you go through the game which i think i never really used as a kid i just always whipped my hair back and forth Mm -hmm. um but yeah i uh i i dig that game man kabuki quantum fighter for the nes that that's gonna be mine nice Nice. It's it's definitely a fun game. It's uh it's definitely flawed. I put I put that right there, right there with like Rygar and Strider. Okay, they're, they're cool yep. games that should be amazing games, but they just have little like programming issues and control issues and stuff. But it's yeah, still they're right. still all very noteworthy and fun. I think that's yep. that's my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, good pick. Nice. Game uh, okay. nobody talks. Uh, nin- Nintendo. Okay, so I have two because I could not decide. Um, I'll go with my first one. I'll, I'll go with Double Dragon Two. Uh, I, I fucking love this game. I played it so much; it's so good. But what really made this game like super freaking hard was the goddamn platforming. Mm, yeah. It was so fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, that's like its only flaw is the, the platforming because you have to hit both a and B at the same time to jump. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times it doesn't register and you fall into pits or you jump at the wrong time, or you try to jump on a platform that, you know, disappears and then reappears and you just fall through the platform for no reason. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah and it's like oh what the fuck and uh yeah i mean it's it's a i despite that i love the game i love it it's like my the most played double dragon game ever for me um yeah you got fifty thousand. Fifty thousand on double dragon yes yep that's right. fifty thousand right. double dragon yeah <laughs> that's right and that man um, touched and your breast my second pick that's right he did that's right um yeah uh, and my second pick would have to be Maniac Mansion. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. This is another game. Yeah, that's no small feat. <laughs> it's no small feat. But what's cool about this game is there there are a ton of endings. Yes. And depending on who you beat the game with, you pick like three, three characters out of, I want to say, seven characters. I could be wrong. Um and each character has their own special ability and you can only go into like certain rooms with certain characters because they can, you know, like one person can play the piano, uh, other person is a scientist or like, you know, whatever. And depending on which group of people you have, you have a different ending, which I think is really cool. So, but, but what makes this game really fucking hard is the, the point and click because you're using the D pad to move the arrow around like okay you want to like you want to move this character to this spot but you have to like click move and then point to where you want to go and then the character just moves at their own pace or if you want to like open the door you gotta hit you gotta yeah you, you gotta click uh open and then door or microwave or whatever um uh, yeah i mean it's just it's really it's it's a tough game and it's it's really good i mean i i enjoyed it um yeah so that's, that's my yeah guess. it's like it sort of hey. mixes that shadow gate control system like mm-hmm. you have different right. commands you can do and right. different except and you can see the characters though right that's, the, that's difference. the difference you see the character actually go do whatever the thing is that you told it to do but you can say like uh use hamster on microwave and or you know and watch the hamster right. explode in the microwave yeah yep. which first i couldn't open... believe nintendo let that go <laughs> i know i know it's so funny. <laughs> like <come on. laughs> i know it's like that yeah, and she... the the ending to bionic commando or like, right oh yeah q and a yeah. like never got that far or something <laughs> wow or, uh, yeah, yeah that's quality right. control they're like no we can't uh I, we can't get I, that far i have the feeling i would never be able to go back to maniac mansion today I oh, could yeah. be wrong. I don't think I could either. I, I could be wrong. I, I have considered it, but I feel like I'd probably not be able to deal with it and stuff. But then again, I I still have fun with Shadowgate and the uninvited. So maybe yeah. it's totally, totally maybe I'm wrong. But I did play the hell out of this game back in the day with you. I mean, we, yeah. we played this yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I think did you own this game? I feel like you did. Yeah. Yep. Actually, yeah, I, so, okay, I so yeah, you were the you were the one who had it, and then I would play it over your house. Yeah. Sometimes you'd bring it over, but this was yeah. totally one of those games that was like we would, I mean, we'd play it for so long and do the same things different ways and in different orders, and then we'd get stuck and not really know what to do, and and then yeah. you know we'd figure out something new and be like, oh my god, I can't believe you could do this. Yeah. Such such a different game. Yeah, definitely, really really definitely good. tough. Um, sure. Definitely, uh, it's it's. I know it came out for the the PC as well, so I'm I'm just gonna assume that is the preferred way to play the game. But I've never played the PC version. Right with a mouse, it would be a different right. experience. So yeah. uh, now I, both I of these games, a lot easier. Both of these games you mentioned, Joe. Have you beaten them? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Electrical Cool. Nice. nice. Yeah, I've uh, I've always wanted to check out Maniac Mansion. You know, it's like a Luke Lucas Arts game, right? Yes. Was that, was that them? Yeah. So I mean, I think that that was just critical. You know, a, a a super like you know important game in the pantheon of those adventure type games, and uh, you know. I I think a lot of games like that are pretty damn difficult to be honest. Like they yes. they are just always you know very tricky and puzzly and, and hard to figure out. But uh, that's cool. I've I've never even booted up the NES version to my knowledge. So cool. Um, I I'm I'm all about that stuff. That sounds fun. Uh, all right. So Parasite Steve, what do you got, man? Um, uh, my pick is a game that I did also beat as a youngster on the actual cartridge without cheating. And it is a game that I know people consider to be very hard. And I have gone back and tried to beat it legitimately, uh, now. And I don't know how the fuck I did it, but back in the day I did, I was able to beat little Nemo, the dream master. Holy shit! Yeah, that game is hard. Released yes. in 1990 by Capcom, it's it is the rare uh, instance of a cute Capcom game that is not really for kids. It's too freaking hard. Yeah, but man, it 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 is a fun game. It has it has wonky controls that are very slow. But uh, it's mm-hmm. it's you get good at it. You get good at the weird jumping. It sort of jumps after you press the button. It's like a delayed jump, and you really got to just yeah. get used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's really annoying. But um, and you don't really have a any any way of really truly attacking. You know, you basically have to feed candy to various woodland creatures, and then uh, you either ride on them or in uh, about half of them you uh, uh, wear them. So sinister. Mm-hmm. He it's literally puts yikes. on the living creature and wears it like a suit, and his face is sticking out of their open mouth. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> creepy. Uh, so weird. Uh, but a yeah. fun game. And honestly, there's uh, a lot of animal suits in that game. And some of them are in the game one time. Oh, yeah. Like the, there's a gorilla. Damn. Who is. In the game one time, period. One gorilla. And he's in like level two. There's no other gorilla in that game. And there's um, the mole is in level one and only in level one. Right. And there's other ones that are in it just a couple of times. Like there's a bee. I think he's only in it a couple of times. Uh, Maybe three. I want to say. What's that? Is the frog in it? Is the frog in it? The frog is a, is a, a common one. The frog's pretty common. Yeah. The lizard's really common. Later on, uh, the lizard gets... Uh, he, they, they stop giving you the lizard and they give you the mouse, which works just like the lizard, only it comes with an attack. He has a hammer. So he's just like the better lizard, right. basically. He's just better, yep. And Because um, not all the things can even attack. Like, the lizard has no attack, but he can walk up walls. Um, and so can the mouse. Uh, the frog can at least bounce on enemies, like Mario. Right, but um, yeah. most of the uh, most of the, the the animals don't have an attack. Uh, there is a, yeah, a little... the, the the bee the the bee can fly. He can he can fly and shoot and shoot. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the best ones for sure. Yeah, there's also a hermit crab that I think is only in like one part, maybe two parts. But I am positive, positive. I've gone back to check, uh, and w- well, the last time I played the game wasn't that long ago. 
Um, and uh, I, I was I was like, conf- I confirmed that, yes, there's one gorilla and there's one mole. I might be wrong about the other ones, but it's it's weird. Like, <laughs> they yeah. never come back <laughs> like ever. Right. It's so weird. But right. fun game. Right. Fun game if you stick with it. Lots. OK. Level design's amazing. And the variations in the different levels, like the graphics are incredible. Graphics yeah. in the game are very, very good. So, yeah. But my God, when you finally get to Nightmare Land, it, I mean, you get, you finally get a weapon, you get the scepter. And so you're like, which he's been wearing the whole fucking game. They don't change the sprite. He's just, <laughs> he's, he starts wearing the scepter on his back. And you yeah, uh-huh. I was actually going to mention that. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? So Why? Dumb. What the? Why? Why are you throwing candy, you doof? You have a freaking eight-foot <laughs> scepter on your back. Like, what the fuck? But you stupid so, doof. Anyway, yeah. At the end, there's a cut. The cutscenes in this game are actually quite good. Um, yes, well, they're mostly just yeah. talking heads, but they're still like they move the story along. It's cool. Yeah, so um, cool. Based on uh, the old comic book series. Actually, the the comic book strip this is based on it was by this guy Windsor McKay, and uh, he, this was like you're talking 1900s. This is a very old property. Yeah. And uh, it just it became a Nintendo game because there was a random uh, animated movie and it was really based on the look of the animated movie. But the funny thing is, I I hadn't even heard of the animated movie. None of my friends had heard of the animated movie. It's not like I remember going to theaters or anything like that. It just there's this random NES game. And then later in life, I learned about the movie later in life. I learned about the how old the comic was and all this stuff. And uh, it's like, wow, that that really was like the weirdest thing. Yeah. That was a Nintendo game. Like we didn't, like we didn't again, didn't get like He-Man or Thundercats, but we got a little Nemo, the dream master game. Yeah. That's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) And they're making another one. They're making another one based on the comics. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I was always pretty proud of that one. So. Nemo. Yeah, that is a very hard game. I have played that game a lot. I remember as a kid, I used to dream about that game for some reason. <laughs> How ironic! Very ironic. <laughs> um, actually, no. This this is funny. This is this is actually like a Kinder Terror moment. So, I used to have this. You know, you have reoccurring dreams as a kid, right? And so some, you know, sometimes they're just it's like whatever. You always have the same dream. So I used to have a dream where I was playing Little Nemo, the Dream Master, and you'd haul and- out a mole. And I would, I would actually, yes, I would, I would get into the mole, but it was just like I was playing the game. It was, it was just like watching someone playing the game. Uh, and I remember that in the first level or one of the early levels, there's like a, a quicksand pit that you, if you fall all the way through to the bottom, there's like a room below it. Okay. Yeah. And so I remember that sometimes I would have this dream and I would fall down the, the quicksand pit and it would be perfectly normal. And it'd be like, okay, whatever the level as normal. Other times when I'd have this dream and I never knew what was going to happen until it happened, when I fell down the quicksand pit, it would proceed to the next screen of the game. The music would cut completely silent and it would and, and little Nemo would just be standing there. And there was like a very distinct, completely unique graphic that was not in the game of this like big haunted house, like very tall ominous like gothic house and i remember nothing more than that but the like the sheer not knowing of what i was about to to see when i was dreaming 
terrified me. And the fact that the music completely <laughs> like cut out was very disturbing. And I just remember like I, I remember that exact like scenario, but not like going into the house or anything. And it was literally like I'm just watching someone play this game. But as a little kid, like things like movies and shows and games and whatever have like a way deeper, more profound effect on you. And that scared the shit out of me. Like <laughs> it was very disturbing because <laughs> it was sometimes normal. And I'm like, oh no, like what am I gonna get this time? Like it was just very it was just very scary. Um I, I had never heard you tell this story. That. This is but did you have candy my mind a lot? I did you have did you have candy on hand? I didn't have candy on hand. I had nothing so so, wake up. so so you couldn't give them diabetes. I couldn't give him diabetes. I would wake up and my <laughs> pillow would get be the in powers. my mouth. Give him diabetes. Oh, eat this. Have diabetes powers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was like a repressed memory that just got like summoned forth right now. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, let's let's give some shout outs to the folks who responded uh, back in the day. Uh, so we have Adam Letourneau. Who says, uh, so I am not sure where this would officially rank on the scale of NES hard, but the original Double Dragon uh, the, is the one that sticks out. Last level of that one was super tricky, and I was definitely white knuckling the last two bosses. I was pretty stoked the one time I beat it when I was 11 or 12, and I don't actually think I have beat it since. Mm. Uh, Good one. Yeah, solid, you know. Yeah, all the, all the Double Dragon. Dragon games are pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, pretty hard. Um, games, games. I never really grew up, especially with. the third one. Oh my god! Which is actually was my favorite, uh, but it's only was my favorite because I liked unlocking the characters, and I know I forced myself to play it, just like the first turtle game. It's like, okay, this is probably yes. terrible, but it's still the one I played the most. <laughs> right, and you the get cool, like one the, one life per character. That's yeah, it. so bullshit. But I, I love that ninja guy. He's just so cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, yep. So that was Adam. Uh, we had Eric Michaud, who we had on our episode about Secret of Mana. Yes. Uh, so shout out to Eric. I Recently. think that was our last. Uh, oh, no. Two. That was two Briggs ago. His two, last one was Paul McAmey. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. So Eric Michaud, we'll uh, he said, he said, my vote is for ghouls and ghosts. I only played the SNES mm. version of super ghouls and goblins, but that was hella hard. NES could only be harder and having to play through the game twice with less than a stellar weapon the second time. Yeah. No, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> agree. Fair. Fair. I never bothered to try. I, I honestly just, I'm like, no, nope, I'm I, good. I'm good. I understand that I'm good. good. Yeah. I no, thanks. I'm good. Know the feeling. Up. Yep. Uh, we got my buddy Nick Pericles, who shout outs to TMNT, the original. On yeah. The uh, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, how can you how can you dispute that? Again, a game I've never played. I've stayed away with a 39 and a half foot pole uh, because obviously infamous things are said. I'm not going to go boot up Jack, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for the fun of it. I'm also not going to boot up the original TMNT for the fun of it. I will <laughs> TMNT play... is definitely better than Hyde. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, but if I'm going to play NES TMNT, I'm going to play, you know, Manhattan Project. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, that, that's the one I played a lot. And, uh, and Tournament Fighter, um, even though it's shit. Uh, so uh, Derek Lofstrom says Metroid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Metroid is definitely a hard game for a interesting reason like i think metroid is the hardest because of its lack of a map yep, which yes. i've said a bunch of times uh, yeah, which uh, honestly yeah. uh, you know you guys seem to agree uh obviously that was a game that was definitely pushing the 
uh, Nintendo Power a little bit because obviously having mm. a graphical map would be way easier. But it wasn't pushing uh, Nintendo Power in the way that Simon's Quest did, where you're going to come across things that you would fucking never figure out without Nintendo Power. Metroid, technically, if I drew a map, I probably would have been okay. Yes. Like, and that's part of like the laziness of of me as a modern gamer versus like if this was the game I had and I was playing it, like I'd probably have gone through it and drawn a map, you know. And so that's cool, and like that's really that's really I think where it becomes is the hardest is not is is losing where to go. Same with uh, same thing with um, Blaster Master for me. Yes, yeah. I just my brain can't keep that many rooms straight. (laughs) Yep. I agree. Right, and in both of those cases, it's it's very nonlinear. Yep. So right. it's not just like it's it's big and connected. It's like oh yeah, but also, mm-hmm. like you got to remember, there's a thing like a million years ago that you saw that you couldn't do at the time, and you got to remember where that is. You know, like yes. oh, yeah, oh. right. W- wicked tricky. Um, you know, uh, Rygar is another one you mentioned earlier that I also feel like has some tricky navigating parts um but yeah awesome derek lostrom yeah. we mentioned you earlier in the episode you better still be listening you son of a bitch um because we love you you ate cereal with us and now you're bonded to us for life yes um so uh Absolutely. nice good good choice uh reagan mckenzie wriggles says punch out specifically not the mike tyson version uh honestly i grew up with the mike tyson version i never played yeah. the one after they put in mr dream yeah um i don't know how he plays frankly doesn't matter either way i think i think he he plays (laughs) he plays the same as mike tyson the only reason why they made the switch is because of that whole uh rape case with uh mike tyson and nintendo just kind of like dropped them and they just instead of of selling mike tyson's punch out they're like well we'll just take him out of the game put in some make up some new character and just sell the game that way from now on yeah yep Right, totally. I think that so, was the right thing to do. It, yeah, yeah, for sure. For probably, sure. probably good call. Selling yeah. kids, games, um, you know. Yeah, Punch Out is a hard game. Uh, it is a really uniquely fun fighting game that is almost a puzzle hybrid uh, fighting game, but not one I was very good at. Uh, but I still played it a lot back in the day. Um, so that's solid. And then uh, we have Berker Fanar Fanar. Part, apologies, Brick here, if I murder the shit out of your name. Uh, but he says, hardest game I've ever played on the NES is Barbie for the NES. Now, hear me out. My brother made me play it with one hand. <laughs> Let you use your imagination on that one. Thanks for being that, Brick here. What's the other hand doing? Using I, Nintendo power. <laughs> I, I have to say, I fucking love that guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He, Berker's cool, cool shit. Yeah. Berker, you are, uh, you're. A we we gotta at some point dude. ask you how to pronounce your name. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I caught him on a uh, Twitch stream one time. He was starting to stream him playing through Dark Souls, and uh, because he is in Iceland. Yes. Yeah. Iceland, his time is very different. So I was actually driving into work, and he was doing his like you know end of day stream. Um, but pretty cool dude uh, and great contributor here. Uh, very fun Absolutely. guy to have. Having a ranks, yeah. happy to have you. Uh, we got uh, Greg Drought saying, hands down, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So, I mean, th- there you fucking go, right? Like, why, why am I going to play these games? I'm not going to play <laughs> yeah. these games. And Greg Drought is a notoriously uh, skilled player. Like, this is this is the guy who has every game we've mentioned tonight, he's been like, I guarantee you, he's like, oh, that game's easy. Oh, that game's, that game's easy. easy. Oh, that game's easy. I, I play it one-handed. That game's easy. 
I like games easy. That's easy. The game's easy. It's an easy game. Like that's every single, I guarantee you, he said that. If Greg Drought is listening tonight, he's laughing right now because he knows I'm fucking right. And if he's not laughing, then he should be because don't take yourself so seriously, man. But Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, yeah, is apparently the one that that broke the drought. Yep. Yeah. Oh. But um, the winning, the the losing drought. <laughs> he had a severe lack of losing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that. Have some, yeah. have have some lose rain. Uh, and then last, we have Carrie Sanders, who says Legacy of the Wizard, aka Dragon Slayer Four, was something that I had to give up simply because the shape of my family's television screen didn't allow the full screen of the game to be shown. This is so secret oh, passages no. and other things were hidden. Yeah. Uh, I remember I this. It- this was true for our old TV. I remember renting yeah, our, this game our and old things were wooden, cut off. Wooden fucking yeah. TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The old like cabinet TV that would swivel and shit. Yeah. We had like 4,000. Uh, I, I remember that TV too. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I remember the extremely satisfying of turning it off and turning it on and like watching this, the picture actually just like <laughs> beep into nothing. But I totally remember that with specifically legacy of the wizard. That's and we, so funny. I couldn't play it because I couldn't see everything. Right. Um, so, so she goes on to say, uh, I took it with me to a babysitting job and the kids television showed everything. So I ended up giving it to him. This probably wasn't the hard that you were talking about or looking for within NES hard, but it was impossible for a lot of us to play at all. I think that's uh, a great mention. That's a great, Thank you great so mention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is honestly great. Yeah. Uh, we are, we, I, I am not familiar to that, uh, that phenomenon. So that's pretty cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, so that'll wrap up the Octoponder section. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for your answers uh, on May 20th. And if anybody else would like to participate in the comments when we post this, I'm going to post some kind of prompt. I mean, you guys know how this shit works. We're like, rust- well, I mean, We don't even remember how this shit works. It's been I so long. I don't <laughs> fucking know. But, you know, send us, uh, send us your Octoponders if you hadn't already. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun to get some conversations going about this kind of stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. So without further ado, let's get on to the second delightful section. Our our second helping of meat and potatoes, if you will. Yummy. Yummy. So uh, yeah, I will. I will kick this second half off here. And I'm going to talk about a game called Air Fortress. Oh yeah, uh, Air Fortress is so. So I, I mentioned I mentioned Kabuki Quantum Fighter in my Octoponder answer. That's a game made by HAL Laboratories. Air, Air Fortress is a earlier game made by HAL Laboratory, who would go on to be extraordinarily famous for Kirby and Super Smash Brothers. Need I say more? Yes. Um, Hal became so popular that Nintendo, you know, basically just adopted them as a, uh, you know, unofficially official branch of Nintendo and uh, and the rest is history. But I first played this game when I was going through the back catalog of Hal Laboratory games and going, what the hell did they do before Kirby? I mean, Kirby had to start somewhere and, you know, what was what was their their earlier shit? And so I found Air Fortress. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was originally published in Japan for the Famicom in August of 1987, and North America in September of 1989. After an initial test release, which is 
kind of a weird format. Uh, they test released 385 copies of the game to the North America in 1987 and, uh, and then decided, yeah, no, it did well enough. Let's release it two years later. Uh, and then a PAL release exclusively in Australia uh, in 1989. So a bit of a weird uh, release history there. Uh, but yeah, so created by Hal, pretty neato. Uh, this game has an opening scrawl that explains the story. Uh, and I was reading through Wikipedia and I was like, wait, is this word for word what was in the game? And so I went and I, I you know, booted up the game and, and read the opening scrawl. And so I transcribed it here for you today so that you can really get into the world <laughs> yes! of what of what we're doing here. Because, you know, oh. they wrote this shit. This is the good stuff. I can't wait. Okay, lay it on. So, uh, so, so when you boot the game up, you know, you get a tile screen, and then you get your opening scrawl, which says, The inhabitants of the planet Farmel have lived in peace since the establishment of the Stardate calendar. They have traveled all around the galaxy with a new style spacecraft called the Lightship. Then one day, the peace was disturbed by a mysterious big fortress. It was the living and destroying all civilizations. The Federation of Intergalactic Powers organized the defense forces immediately. The Federation forces were no match for the superior defenses of the Air Fortress. The fortress totally destroyed all of the Federation force. The Federation decided to select a specially trained person, ID 82592, named Hal Bailman. Hal's equipment includes a newly developed light blaster and armored suit. Now Hal departs to destroy the fortress and save Farmel. And that's it. And it's this big old fucking, you know, space epic, right? It's like, oh my God, this is cool. Uh, and the graphics are pretty neat in the intro. The, um, the air fortresses are essentially space balls. Um, you know, they just look like these <laughs> and these big, big Watch floating out. dome cities uh, that are just kind of, you know, floating around in space. But they are bad. They are no bueno. They're there to fuck shit up and eat everything. Just like um, the space balls. Exactly. Exactly like it. Uh, living in a bubble and haven't got it. Is that song sung by the Ghostbusters guy? No. It's not sung by Ray Parker Jr. Everybody, Ghostbusters. It is not. Uh, so yeah, so this this game, uh, I I actually bought this game. Uh, I picked up a cartridge of it at the Emerald Square Mall uh, at the Toy Vault, where Derek Rook used to work <laughs> when he was cool. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't know if Derek Rook worked there. Did he? I think he did. He sure did, he but did. he doesn't want to. He doesn't want anybody to know that. But well, <clears throat> I'm I'm airing your dirty laundry, Derek's <laughs> at me, at me, bruh. Um, bruh. It's all right. You're still cool. Uh, so I I picked up the game uh, there for you know pretty cheap and played it on my NES at home. And I really liked this game. I had no clue about it. It's got a very innocuous title. It just doesn't sound like anything significant. Air Fortress. I don't know. What the fuck right. is that? Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't even sound like it takes place in space. It's an air fortress and it's we're in, we're in fucking space. There's no air there, but the fortresses have air. So I understand why they named it that, but I wouldn't have thought that's what they <laughs> I were get doing. it now. I get it's it now. So stupid. So stupid. If I saw a title called Air Fortress, I'm not going to think it takes place in space. It sounds like you're building it sounds like you're building shit, and I don't want to build stuff. It's just floaty. It's in it's, sky. it's just floaty. It's it's up, up fortress. So uh, this game 
has a pretty unique kind of vibe. You know, you whatever you go from level to level, but each level is divided into three different segments. So the first segment, you are little little spaceman Hal Bailman. Uh, and you're riding on this little air bike, you know, little zoomy bike thing. And it's kind of weird because your man is like the same color as the bike. So it kind of looks like you're just riding. Like it looks like you're a spaceship that just has like an astronaut's helmet for a front. You're riding yourself. Yeah. It's, it is an objectively not cool ship. Um, but it's okay. Um, so you're, you're little, little Hal Bailman riding on your little speeder. And uh, you're going around outside horizontal shooter style, you know, full on self-propelled horizontal shooter, killing enemies. And you're picking up power ups and specifically like uh, oxygen or like jetpack fuel, whatever this resource that you need in the following segments. So you go through this level, you get to the end of it and you land your little bike, your little little Hal hops off his bike and he do to do's over to the elevator and he rides the elevator down. And, uh, and then you're in the second segment of, of the level. So when you're inside the fortress, you actually have gone inside of it. Uh, it becomes more of like a 2d kind of adventure game where you control Hal. you can press up and down to float or descend. You can move left and right. You can shoot in left or right directions. Uh, and there are, you know, it like the, the fortress is kind of laid out like a bit of a dungeon. So there's sometimes it's just a very straightforward path. Like at the, in the first few levels later on, it gets pretty confusing. Um, there's like a lot of stretches where there's like elevators that lead to a bunch of different areas and it's, it's, it's tricky. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to the center of the air fortress and find the core and destroy the core so that you can you know, get out of there and be on your merry way to blow up the rest of the goddamn air fortresses. But you have to find it first. So all the while, as you're floating around, um, you are depleting your resource supply, whatever. Let's call it, let's just pretend it's oxygen. So you're depleting your oxygen as you're moving around. But if you land and sit still, um, a good amount of your oxygen will kind of replenish. Uh, where it gets tricky is that every time you get hit, you don't lose health, but your, your maximum oxygen goes down. So let's say in the first segment, you built up enough oxygen, you have like 800 points of oxygen. Cool. Great. You go into the second section, you have 800 to work with. If you float around and you're doing good, then you can pretty much keep regenerating your oxygen back up to 800. But every time you get hit, your max is now 750, 740, 700, 650, you know, and it keeps going down. And so it becomes harder and harder to, to travel around and to explore because you have less and less oxygen to use to get around. Um, so it kind of really makes you be, be thoughtful about how you're going to go through it. Like, am I going to try and just shoot everything? Should I avoid these guys? Whatever. Um, once you find the core and you destroy the core, uh, then you have to escape. Now, like every friggin' game ever, I'm looking at you, Super Metroid, that has an escape section is like immediately stressful. It's like very stressful. Mm. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is a situation in games that I just, I just fucking hate because it's immediate stress. And I'm like, no, yeah. I don't like anxiety that. inducing. Anxiety inducing. And Super Metroid's the worst because it's like, bah, 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 bah. and it's like, bah, bah, bah. 
and I'm just, it's very fucking right. trying. I'm like, this, this is so much. And then there's a timer on the screen. It's just like, Jesus. When the music so, gets muffled and then it gets less muffled. It's like, bump, bump, isn't that just the Ridley song? Or is that yes, it is, but it's also it's also the escape. It's when you're trying to escape, yeah. Uh, because it's just intense. So 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 Super Metroid is 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 pretty fucking out there, right? Like it's like Jesus. Okay. So but Air Air Fortress was out here doing this very similar thing, you know, bunch of years beforehand. So you destroy the core. And then very dramatically, everything in the in the Air Fortress goes dark. The music almost cuts down to like nothing. You start to just hear like little sound effects, little kind of like ambient sort of noises and beeps and things. It's just very atmosphere. It's not a song. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lights are kind of like flashing in and out. Uh, and you just start to hear this quiet rumble. Like it's very low, you know, almost like so we've talked about how the NES makes sound. Uh, one of the sound channels is called the noise channel, and that's what you use for a drum. But it kind of just sounds like a static. Uh, and so you can hear them using this static noise channel and increasing the intensity and the volume of it slowly over time once you've destroyed the core. That is your only indicator to how much time you actually have left to get out of there. Huh. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to just destroy the core, go back the way you came, and then navigate to uh, the escape elevator. So there is a specific elevator that you'll come across while you're exploring the first time through that won't be active until you destroy the core. Now, you're probably wondering why the fuck would they build an elevator in these space stations? I was just literally that only just works wondering. When- <laughs> it's, the, it's the Death Star thing. It's like, why did you build this fucking exhaust chute that blows it up? Like why why is this here it's okay it's a nintendo game but um so yes you gotta you gotta escape and get to the elevator and and be on your way and once you get out you'll you'll go to the next level now the first like two or three levels are are very playable and very fun and you'll feel like oh my god there's no chance in hell that i wouldn't be able to escape like leaving this place i have so much fuel left over this is easy uh and then you get to like the first hard level which is it's either three or four um and holy crap like i i played this level like five or six times and every time i'm like okay but i know where to go now i know where to go now though so it should just be easier and it's like Nope, something inadvertently happens. I either fuck up, I go the wrong way, I get hit too many times. You know, the enemies get a lot harder. And then, you know, you're you're trying to fight having enough oxygen just to be able to move or do anything. And also remembering what the right way is to get out of the space station. All the while, the lights are flashing, the rumbling is getting louder and louder and louder. And eventually... Once the the station blows up, if you haven't left yet, the the rumbling, exploding sounds get super loud, and the whole screen just blasts, turns to white, and game over. Like you're you're just dead, and you got to start over from you know the outside, you know section one of of whatever level you're on. And honestly, that dynamic is amazing. Like this game gets so much of that unsettling feeling 
like it, it accomplishes so much with such a simple graphical game not a whole ton of you know fidelity with all the backgrounds and stuff like it's it's a not a bad looking game but it does so much with the music and the graphics and the lighting and stuff like that that you know i i have to appreciate it because it is really a lot of fun to play uh even if you just go through a few levels it's a it's a good time but this like you know horror this survival this stress is very singular in a game like this where it's like it's a it's a shoot 'em up it's an adventure game it's a space game like you know whatever and sure i'm i'm probably overselling it a bit but if you really put yourself in the shoes of a kid who had nightmares about little nemo in the dream master um <laughs> this game would be way scarier like this game is trying to be scary uh and i think that's awesome I think it's super well done and you have infinite continues. You can try to beat the level as many times as you want. Um, you just got to go through all the sections over again. Um, but I, I really like this game. I think it is very cool. It is not expensive to track down. There are tons of copies of it out and about. I think I got mine for 10 bucks a few years ago and it's, it's really neat. Like it's, it's tough. I can't get past that level. But I want to keep playing it. Like I still want to try again and see what what else is is down the pike. But yeah, that's air that's Air Fortress. Nice. It's a good time. Cool. Uh, so so let's uh let's shift gears on over to Nintendo. Yes. All right. So my final pick is Shatterhand. Oh my god. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. So yeah, I mean great pick. I I like this game a lot. I really do. Uh despite a lot of uh frustrating parts in the game. A lot of bullshit parts in the game. Yeah. Um, but I I love um the fact that you can deflect bullets with your fist. Uh, which is really punching cool. uh, bullets, punch, so cool. punch that, that fucking shit, right? It is fun, and uh, one one of my favorite things to do is collecting the 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 Greek letters, the A and B, the Alpha and Beta, mm-hmm. and uh, you can do like seven different combinations, and one is like one fires like a, a bouncing ball that retracts like a yo-yo, another one like fires a laser beam, or one. Can swing a lethal sword. One fires balls that ricochet. Balls, uh, one, balls. Uh, one fires grenades. Uh, one shoots a, a long flame. Uh, you can just you just hold the button down. And he just like just shoots the, the flame like like in a uh, Contra Three, just like that. I mean, mm-hmm. and you can like, like move it around. Yep. In any direction. Um, one shoots a ball that retracts like a yo-yo, uh, and there is a <laughs> and one fires a bouncing ball. Like a lot of balls in this game. Mm, so many balls. Um, maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Probably. And what's really cool is that you can do the same combination twice. And what happens is you get a power suit for a limited time. And I, and I believe yeah. you're invincible for that period of time. I think it's like 10 seconds. You're, you're invincible. And uh, the, 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 the main attack in this game is punching. Okay, so you don't have a lot of range, but with this suit, he kind of punches out, kind of like he punches out like like fireballs. I like kind of kind of think of like a like a like a Dan Hibiki Hadouken, 
Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it shoots out and it's like it's, it's a not very long range, but it's more of a range than your normal attack, and that's very helpful, especially against bosses. Um, you can you can like grab onto uh, latch onto like fences in the background and just hang there and punch or whatever, or just climb or whatever. I always thought that was fun. Um, yeah, uh, you can get uh, you can upgrade your your power by collecting coins. And I think you you find a, a a platform, and it tells you how much it'll cost for the upgrade. And uh, the upgrade for that is like two hundred, or if you want extra life, it's two thousand. And uh, throughout the stage, you'll find uh, boxes where you can punch. You'll either either find a, a a bag that you can keep punching, and and when you punch your 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 final attack. He does like a, like a down punch or whatever. That's like his most powerful attack. The the coins are bigger and they're worth more. So you keep doing that until uh, the the bag goes away. Um, other other times you'll find a grenade, and, he's, and you he's just got get like, bombed on. You get you get you get bombed on. He's got like remember where not to punch the boxes because you know when you people like me who's like addicted to like finding like breakable things. You want to break sure. everything and just want to find all the, the the special items or whatever. Um, yeah, you can't help it. You just, I mean, there are times that I do it like three times in a row. Right. It's like, I know I shouldn't. Like, why did I do that? Right. Right. It's like, it's just, it's just what you do. You just, it's just break boxes and shit. And, smash um, shit. Smash that shit. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, unless you get to like, no, the, the later levels of just, <laughs> oh my God. Um, I have beaten this game without a game genie once. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Never again. I mean, I'll play the game with a game genie. <laughs> exactly. I oh love this friggin' game. Yeah. I oh love this love friggin' it. game, but I cannot beat it. And I, like you, yeah. boot it up and play through a few levels and be happy as a clam. Yep. And yeah, then just yeah, be like, all right, I'm exactly. done. Right. <clears throat> the last two like levels said, are so insanely hard. Insane. Like ridiculously hard. Like the freaking water levels. Like, why is there a water level? Why? The water level is super it's hard. So yeah. difficult. It's so difficult. Oh my god. It it and the bosses it's are like all hard too. It's, it is a very hard game. Good example of a hard. good hard game, but there are parts that I find yeah. bullshit. More than just the Joker. <laughs> Yes. Right. Yes. It's, there's yes. more. There's more wrong with it than just the the final boss. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It is an awesome game. Yeah. Yep. It's a really awesome game. You know, like I said, I'll, I'll always say this with the, the games I talk about is I, I love the music and the graphics are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, the the cutscenes for the the uh, the intro is just amazing. Um, lots of parallel. One of the coolest. Rolling. Stage select screens. Oh, fucking yeah. love it. It is so good. It is so good. Um, yeah, it's just tough as fuck. It's just like a, a lot, a lot of cheap, cheap enemies. Um, because you know, they have projectiles, you don't, uh, unless you have uh, a little companion robot. Um, oh, and another thing I want to add, uh, with the the robots, um, they have their own health bar, so if they get hit, hit enough times, they'll they'll get destroyed and go away until you do another combination. Mm-hmm. Um, what's cool is that you can fly. 
with with these robots oh yeah that's right i, I play, forgot push, all about this yeah it's like i like randomly like i did did it by accident yeah it's and uh you push down and jump you push down and jump and the robot will go over you and you grab the the robot and they just go straight up and you you have like no control over where, where to go you just go straight up until you get to like you know a higher ledge or whatever um and you can also throw the robot across the screen if you push down in, in the, the punch button mm-hmm. and you can use them as a weapon that way too, which is kind of cool about why you, you would do that. You want to like keep him as long as possible because it's so helpful. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a humongous feature that like, once I realized it, I'm like, Holy shit. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes a big difference. And I also yeah. not, not as big of a deal, but I never noticed or never knew that you could do the uh, power suits by getting the same one twice. Because I would always be like, I want to try a different combination. Right, right. And so I never ever did it uh, naturally. Yeah. And also what, what's cool or what's ma- what makes this game a little bit more doable is the fact that it has unlimited continues. So that's yep. that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but again, you start all the way back to the beginning of wherever you're continuing from. So it's i don't know i guess it's one of those games where you have to like like memorize where everything is and come up yep. with like different strategies on how to you know get by these areas and whatever and that is you know it, it is fun for like the first three or four levels and then i think yeah. this is it's yeah, too I mean, just, much yeah i mean this game also has i like hate a... that fucking elevator Oh, oh yeah! God yes. damn it! Yes, yes, that is my least uh, favorite part of the game. Sucks! It's such a deal breaker. I mean, if there was no unlimited continues, I I would have been done with the game like a long time ago. I was like, yeah. fuck this, <laughs> fuck this! I am not playing through the whole stage, the whole game again to this point. Just get frustrated and just game over completely. Like, I'm not fuck doing it. I'm not fuck doing it. it. Not doing it at all. Although the <laughs> all the levels are gorgeous, all of them. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yep. Animation is yeah. I don't know, like holy yeah. shit. <clears throat> Another game that has uh, like the the variation in levels is great. Like, oh yeah, the levels are not similar at all to each other. Right. This really is also a, another game I would like to see remade or rebooted yeah. or. Oh man, yeah, Shatterhand, you know, remastered or Shatterhand, Shatter. Kind of like how they did with, with Master Blaster. Oh Blaster. yeah, totally. Like yeah, Shatterhand Neo. Yeah. Shatter, yeah, yeah, Shatterhand Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a third Blaster fun. Master Zero game out now. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, played, I haven't it. played it yet. I haven't played it yet. Uh, yeah, that'd be fucking sweet. Yes. Uh, I remember. I remember as a kid. I saw the box art for Shatterhand and was like, "Nah, I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think that's a game for me, really." Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we owned it. You know, we we owned the game. It was in our collection, and I would usually mm-hmm. just I don't know pick whatever game looked fun, like yeah, like Kirby I mean, or whatever. Honestly, it's not a very good box art at all. But but that box art, I was just like, "Nah, I don't know. It looks weird." And then the one the first time I actually popped it in and played it, I'm like, "What the hell's wrong with me? This game is cool as hell. It's yeah. so sweet. Stage select so like music so good." Oh. God, everything, everything. All, all the music every all the music is so good but yeah yeah hard as hell 
hard as hell. Yes. All right. Well, sweet pick, my man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now we have uh, we have one more. Mm-hmm. We have one more pick from Parasite over here. Yeah. So let's do it. Okay, my second pick tonight um, is a little game that uh, we apparently got here. Oh, no, we never got here. That's right. So it was released in Japan, 92, very late gen for the NES, developed and published by Sunsoft. It uh, is called Gimmick with an exclamation point or Mr. Gimmick if you're Scandinavian. Hmm. Yeah, not if you're nasty. The only like... English location, uh, like where they 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 Scandinavia. localized it to English, but it's Scandinavia. That's they call me Mister Gimmick. Uh, main character <laughs> is a little green. He's apparently a yokai, and his name is Yume Taro. Um, very simple character. Yokai. Very simple character design. Uh, sort of almost bubble bobble like with the character designs in these in this game like of not only the main character but the enemies and stuff but with way more polish and honestly downright incredible animation you attack by shooting stars which you charge up by holding down the button and you release and they bounce off walls and they slide on the ground before exploding and disappearing uh the way that the the game works though is the stars can be used as platforms um but it's kind of tough i would say very tough to do so because they are pretty chaotic and they bounce and they're moving quick but if you get good at it which i technically wasn't that good at uh i did beat the game (laughs) but uh i never really got comfortable with riding on the stars it was really tough to do but it's the only way you can get to certain areas and certain high ledges and stuff like that Um, So it's actually, you know, it's a major part of mastering, you know, with this game is mastering the star uh, riding on the star. If you want to get the true ending, you don't really have to do it otherwise. But the deal is that every level has a secret area you can get to. And there's like a random, very like obvious, very weird item just hanging out there like an umbrella or a blender or I don't know, just something like really conspicuous that doesn't belong at all. And you're like, oh, okay. And there's only one of that in the whole game. So there's one per level. If you collect all of them for the, uh, there's, I think there's five levels. You, um, you get to go to the secret sixth level. Uh, oh no, I have it. I have it written down here. Six and you get to the seventh level if you get them all. Um, okay. Level design in this game is freaking incredible. I mean, it is absolutely the strong suit of the game. Um, Very Dark Souls-like, like like we were saying. You really have to learn uh, what's up ahead. You have to do things perfectly a lot of times. There are a lot of halfway points uh, as you get, and when you die, you actually start from the halfway point, like, I think, permanently? I don't think you ever, like, start from the beginning of the game, uh, the beginning of the level, the full beginning of the level. I don't think... I could be wrong on that, but it was pretty fair with uh, the checkpoints. But the levels are long, and and they're tough. They're really tough. You really have to do them a lot of times. And, um, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, almost every screen in this game shows maximum effort and imagination from the game designers. They're never repeating themselves. Uh, just like with Little Nemo and the, the power-ups that were only, like, in the game once or twice, 
they would do that all the time with with certain things. They would do that with enemies you'd only see in this one screen. You, they would do it with a, a, a mechanic. There would be like some like, oh, you're riding on this like little brontosaurus, but it's only in one part. There's this one part where you have to work a little machine. And that's only in one part. There's there's very, very different screens as you go. And it never gets boring. They don't reuse tiles too much. Uh, it, it really is like an amazing game for specifically for level design. Um, oh, yeah. There are cannons to push. Uh, and you can like shoot the cannon and you have to break a wall. That might be in only one spot. Little gadgets and stuff to work. But anyway, nothing gets repetitive. That's the point. Super fun. Uh, the enemies can and sometimes have to be ridden, like I said, with the dinosaur. Uh, they even force you to constantly evolve your tactics. Some are only seen, like I said, in one or two parts of the game. I'm starting to read my notes here. Uh, so yeah, as I said, there are six levels. Uh, if you get all the special items, you get to the special seventh stage, which is the weirdest thing, because even though this game is what I consider to be very, very hard, uh, the final level is like a total victory lap. It's just, it's, it's, it's like on purpose. There are no, there's nothing to kill you. You just walk through the, the final level and, and enemies do like goofy things. There's like, it's almost like all little vignettes it's all pre-programmed to just sort of react and they'll get out of your way and there are things going on at the bottom of the screen underneath you where you're walking and stuff and and uh there's like uh i think there's a boss there's like one of the earlier bosses like a some sort of a shellfish like creature and uh you see it with like babies and that's the only place you even see the babies they're not in the rest of the game <laughs> Uh, and, uh, it's like just so, so cute and so funny. And you just kind of go through the level and, uh, and then you get to the final boss and it has two forms. One of which is clearly a reference to Dracula in Castlevania. And the other one is like very Luke Skywalker, very bizarre, <laughs> but it's like clearly both. Um, but after you kill Luke with stars, uh, you know, see what I did there. <laughs> Star, have a war with anyway you uh you access the real ending which uh is really really great and i'm not going to spoil it uh but it's a really great nintendo ending and it's a secret ending so it's even better um when i went through this game i actually did not do this i didn't um I didn't get all the special items. Um, so when I watched the long play was when I, uh, you know, to sort of remind myself back in May um, to, you know, remind myself of, of like different things with the game. I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't even do this. This is like, this is so awesome. Um, so anyway, it is uh, it's a great game. We didn't get it here, but it's uh, it's called gimmick with an exclamation point. And uh, clearly the gimmick is riding on the stars, which is next to impossible. <laughs> Your whole gimmick is hard, but it's, it's a, it's a very fun game and very, very uh, hard for the right reasons. In my opinion, full of charm, full of character. So many, you know, interesting little uh, just moments of, of expression and flair and everything in there. And that's, that's honestly just like the sign of a, a game crafted with a ton of love and attention you know mm -hmm. it's a real real piece of piece of artwork there you know no repeating levels yeah it's, it's resting on its laurels or anything it's like one it's of those things like, where every every screen is so different and so cute and so like fun 
it, you just want to get past the, the current screen just to see what the next thing is. Right. What's the next boss? It's like, what's, the next what, room? what's right around the corner? Like, yep. you never know. So, anyway. What gimmick is next? So fun. fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, awesome pick. That is a very fun game and uh, very, very hard. Um, all right. Well, you know, guys, I, I think that pretty much wraps up our, our dinner here. Our meat and potatoes are mm. over. Our big uh, return of Nintendo slash oh, Nintendo art. Nintendo <laughs> strikes back. Oh, that's what yes. it's got to be. Oh, yeah. Yes. The Wrath yes. of Nintendo. Maybe Star Trek reference instead of Star Wars. Maybe. Uh, uh, what's, what's the search? The search for the search, Nintendo. The search for Nintendo. <laughs> the search for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Nintendo, the undiscovered host. I don't know. I don't know. Are you Nintendo. a country? Can you be a country for this? I don't know. Maybe. I, don't know. I, don't know. I mean, you can be a country if you want to. Undiscovered you territory. Nintendo's crazy space adventure. I like it. What's the one with the whale? Star. Uh, yeah, Nintendo, the voyage home. The, the voyage, voyage home, yeah. That works. It does. That works. That works. Yeah. It does. Okay. Um, all right. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was a great episode. Tons of fun. Got to talk about a lot of fun, difficult games. And I have a, a small list of games that I want to be checking out and, and revisiting because now I just want to see that goddamn Shatterhand stage like screen. And I want to <laughs> press the TV and have all the other ones smash. Press and it's it. so cool. It. Oh, right. it's so cool. Right. And the guy standing no, like, with that the, game, fucking... I, I wish I, I wish there was a way to get a sound test in that game so just, just so i can listen to the music oh god i know i i used to just i would i would just boot up the stage select screen and pick a level and just like sit there and just be like all right i'm, yeah. just gonna, I'm gonna like, bop so good pre-youtube <laughs> pre-youtube this, this i just want to do it just want to bop i used to do that all the time with super c yeah oh yeah just, just unlock <laughs> the, uh, the sound test and just that's another thing i miss about games yeah sound test sound stuff test. like that oh yeah yeah yep i remember unlocking the sound test in kirby's superstar yeah for the super nintendo and listening yeah. to the shit yeah. out of it yeah. oh my god and uh kirby in the crystal shards on the n64 was another one that i really like kirby music kicks ass like let's yeah. not let's not screw around here no let's not um but yeah the, the kirby kirby on the n64 was awesome because depending on if the music was like a slow song or a cute song or a fast song or whatever Ever, uh kirby would be like swinging his arms and like listening on his headphones and then depending on what song you were playing it would like completely change his facial expression so if it was like a peaceful song he would be just like sitting there smiling if it was an intense song his eyes would get like wicked like or, like you know intense mean kirby and then if there was like weird techno kind of sounding ones his eyes would just turn into like big white circles like what is this <laughs> like it was it was a really fun sound test and uh yeah man that 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 is something that uh shatterhand needs is a, is a freaking oh, yeah. sound test but we got we got youtube now uh we got For we sure. got we, yeah. we got, we got osts yeah we got OSTs, osts out the waz um awesome cool beans guys so yeah cool. it's uh it's almost time to catch the horizon but before we say goodbye let's go to this you got the bleeps you got the creeps and you might even have the sweeps but if you don't get the time, then they ain't worth a dime. This is the 8-Bit Minute. All right, everybody. Parasite Steve here. And tonight, I'll be hijacking a segment that I've never done before. That's called the 8-Bit Minute. And if you remember, what? 
This is a uh, this is an old 8-bit alchemy segment from way back in season one. I think he only did it a couple of times, but um, it just so happened that it was uh, it was my time to do one, and I had this like great idea for an 8-bit minute, and because it, it actually goes with the game I chose and I presented last, which is gimmick or Mr. Gimmick if you're Scandinavian. And uh, and and so like forgive me, I'm gonna read my notes. I took pretty good notes, but it was back in May, so I'm tr- tr- I'm trying to learn about this all again. But anyway, so eight bit minute, uh, in your face. Uh, I'll be talking tonight about the way sound was handled on the hardware of the original NES, which is a subject that I know way less about than eight bit does. So and I don't even know all that much. Yeah. So you can correct me if I'm if I've gotten something wrong, but uh, or clarify where I may maybe I'm not super specific. Sure. The Nintendo Entertainment System or NES, as the kids say, uh, APU is the audio processing unit that the system uses to generate sound for the games. It's a it's a microchip and the chip puts out a total of five sound channels as you said earlier in this episode Mm -hmm. uh two of which are pulse channels usually uh used for the melody and harmony where uh with four pulse width settings one is a triangle wave generator which is good for bass another is a noise generator which is often used for sound effects or percussion and that's actually specifically what you said earlier Mm -hmm. and the fifth channel plays low quality digital samples uh, the limitation here was that the audio sample could only be one bit, one bit. That's a, but you not could, eight. If, if you know one bit, if you could, one. if you you know not one even kilobyte, like but one one bit um, of information. If you could get your sound uh, file down that small, you could you could program it and use it. Even so, the sample channel was really special at the time because the composer. Um, could now add their own unique flavor and style to the game soundtrack. Um, but gimmick well, with an expla- exclamation point is special because it uses a special sound chip uh, for its very awesome music. And it is something that you may not notice at first playing this game, but after I've said this, I think if you went and listened to the music of this game, go up, look up your OST on, on the, the tubes of you, or, you know, boot up the game and uh, listen to it. And it's going to sound a little bit different than most NES games. And there is a very specific reason for that. It actually has its own sound chip, um, which is called the Sunsoft 5B, or just 5B for short, which in addition to the functionality provided by the stock FME-7, which is what I described earlier, uh, features a Yamaha YM2149 PSG audio chip to provide three additional channels for music and sound. God damn. Since the American That's NES. beauty. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's like pretty serious. You're almost, you're like almost doubling it. Almost like, doubling. It's like fucking serious. Since the American NES only uses five sound channels, the extra sound channels were excluded from the European release of the game. So, so the game was released in Europe, as I said, Scandinavia and, and other places, but uh, yeah, we just didn't get it here. Uh, Gimmick, the version released in Japan, was officially the only game, period, that used the Sunsoft 5B chip. That's Imagine it. that shit. 
it's they, they like came up building with this. this whole yep. engineering this whole yep. chip at the end of the nes's life yep. cycle for this one game and one it's game. it's a dope soundtrack yep. it is it slaps and it really honestly makes a difference like you know go listen to the soundtrack it's like oh wow yeah you're listening to freaking three extra channels of sound that's amazing for the time right. like that's amazing and uh yeah so gimmick is literally the only game that used it. So maybe I was wrong about the stars. Maybe this is in fact the gimmick. Uh, it was all about <laughs> this, the extra three sound. <laughs> the, the, just the just the full chorus of the full orchestra. Oh yeah, that we have now. Uh, we got the oboes and the clarinets and 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 the cellos. And the, now and we the got all sorts of horns or the violas. Nobody nobody oh. cares about the violas, but we got them. We got them. We uh, got French them. horn channel. We bring the violas. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's really that. It's uh, just a quick eight bit minute for you guys. Um, and uh, I hope I didn't uh, screw too much of that up. Uh- <laughs> no, man. I mean, that's uh, that's super cool. That's really yeah. interesting to to learn about. There was one other uh, notable game on the NES that had a unique sound chip, and that is Lagrange Point, which was oh. a NES rpg yes uh that only sci-fi came out RPG. in yep sci-fi rpg very similar to a, a vibe of like a fantasy star um but that game actually had a unique sound trip that allowed it to do fm synthesis which for those of you who don't know that is how the sega genesis makes sound ah. uh so that does um fm is frequency modulation I believe. And so what it really lets you do is unlike the NES where it's like, here's four instrument types and then four different like flavors of waves or whatever that you can do with them. FM synthesis is like, here is a sound wave and you can custom trace or draw and modify the sound wave. However you want to create. So you can change like the pitch. Oh, I mean like we're talking literally like, like take a pencil, right. And just, you know, draw a square wave and then see what that sounds like. Draw a triangle, see what that sounds like. Take, uh, you know, like a noise would be like a, a very erratic up and down. And then like, imagine any permutation of that. Like it, a Hudson it, soft B. A Hudson, draw a fucking B. See what that sounds like. Like, <laughs> obviously it's got to be a left to right line. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, so that is why a lot of soundtracks on the Genesis can kind of sound like, but, uh, but then there's other ones that sound awesome because there's a lot more skill involved in making FM sound good. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Lagrange Point on the NES is another noteworthy game that has a really expensive sound chip only for that game. And the interesting just didn't really. I have I have played a, a patched version of that game, actually quite a bit of that game, actually. And uh, I didn't I didn't realize that the, the sound was I mean, the, the music in Lagrange Point is pretty good like it's it's just repetitive as fuck so (laughs) you just eventually don't care anymore but yeah if you if you go and listen to the lagrange point uh soundtrack on youtube you will think you're listening to a genesis game like uh, like totally it's it's pretty it's pretty neat um but yeah that was an awesome 8-bit minute thanks for borrowing a segment i think i think it's a ton of fun (laughs) <laughs> uh i i am excited because that was a segment i loved but i couldn't think of a lot of, of interesting things to do with it so um that's that's super fun i'm super yeah. happy yeah um all right so i guess uh you know here we are at the end here um so if anyone would like to promote anything now's the time 
people, crickets. Oh my god, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for uh, for this at all. We haven't done promos in so long. Uh, I know yeah. it's fucking crazy. Well, you know, you can still buy my book, Mark of the Witchworm. I haven't talked about it that in a million years. Uh, yeah, go go buy Mark of the Witchworm on. Uh, you can go to roughhousepublishing.com and there's still some hardcover special editions left, but those may not be around for much longer because I am going to be doing f- uh, f- four different dates. It, basically all of no of all of October and possibly a day in November as well. I'm going to be conning it up every freaking weekend. I'm going to be somewhere. I'm actually going to be in Florida for one of the, one of the dates. Uh, we're going to be in I think it's like Fairhaven Mass for one of the dates, um, possibly in Framingham Mass, and uh, yeah. So we're gonna be we're gonna be pushing Witchworm hard, uh, both myself and uh, Mister Derek Rook uh, from Rough House Publishing. So hey, uh, if you are interested at all in dark fantasy and want to check out see what my book is, my latest book is all about, uh, and you like the look of that hardcover, it's got a it's cool. It's got like its own completely separate cover art that we did. And it comes with a ton of extras, um, poster stickers, uh, this awesome enamel pin, it's tons of awesome stuff that only comes with the hardcover version. So if you're interested, they they're there now on roughhousepublishing.com. It's the only place you can get them. You can buy the you can buy the paperbacks on Amazon if you want, but the hardcover, you can only get on roughhousepublishing.com but don't sit on it too long if you're interested because they are limited and uh i imagine we're gonna go through a, a good number of those uh in a couple months like next month mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just saying don't don't nice. sit yeah don't sit. stand on them stand on that shit no, awesome it. i want you to read it oh, oh okay uh read it read yes it, it is it. not a stool so yeah don't yeah it's not a stool not a stool uh, Mark of the Witchworm, hashtag not a stool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sick, sick. Uh, N- Nintendo. What, yeah. what do you, what do you um, want to promote, home homeboy? Oh, yeah. I, I I guess I'll just promote my YouTube channel. I haven't done anything with. But you have like a months. bunch of shit on there already. But I do have plans. Um, I'm. I've mentioned this before that I wanted to like change direction with the channel, and um, so what what I'm gonna do is. It's just going to be music. Like I'll do uh, a show called Nintendo's Jukebox, where I'm just, well, I'll just play like Nintendo music, uh, the the eight bit music or sixteen bit music or or whatever, and uh, make it like a, a themed type of like a show. Like you know, I'll do like a an episode of like uh, themes, the, the 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 intros to like certain games or like mm-hmm. boss battle music or or ending music or whatever. Um, and I also don't want to stick with video game music. I actually want to branch out into like actual music, like heavy metal stuff. Mm. Um, Cause that's, that's a, another passion of mine. Yeah. Um, probably my biggest passion um, is music. And uh, so why not just concentrate on that? Just, I mean, I don't have to be on camera for that. Um, although at times I probably would if I were to do like a CD review or something. I've done that. Actually, that was my my last video was I did a CD review, um, which you guys should totally check out. It's the the Tom the Tour, uh, Rejoice in the Suffering. Yes. Yes. So, which is awesome because 
he himself shared my my video on his social so media cool. so that's so cool. random and uh kind of funny because he shared it like two months after i put it out and he actually pointed it out i was like it's a couple months late but uh check this video out it was really cool so very cool that was, that was nice that's to awesome. hear yeah so so it gives me some confidence uh so yeah so that's what i'm going to do with the channel so i'm not awesome. going to do any like stupid i'm not gonna do any unboxings like i have done um because i just kind of like lost interest in that i mean I, I don't even like watching those type of videos all that much um it works for some people but for me i don't know this is kind of not fun to do not mm -hmm. fun to make anymore so i'm just kind of move yeah and if it's not fun that. to make anymore yeah. like whatever you know move on try something else yeah, yeah. right moving on trying trying different stuff and the music thing is a great great avenue absolutely awesome very excited to see yes. what you get back into with the nintendo channel yes. it's gonna be legit can't freaking wait um so i uh you know ape alchemy i have my youtube channel which i haven't uploaded anything to in over a year which is gross and i hate that i'm just now realizing this because uh, i actually have <laughs> a bunch of songs that i've written for various podcasts and whatnot that i've just never uploaded to youtube uh and i am fairly proud of how those came out so i i want to do that i want to just put them on there so they can be uh listened to by 65 people um but uh yeah so i have a alchemy stuff i haven't done a commission in quite some time um i was trying to work on a commission with julian hester from the what's in my head podcast and i got the song to a point where i really liked it and he liked it too but then i think you know push came to shove and it was a matter of money and i think they just ended up not moving forward on on locking and doing a new song and that is totally fine you know i i get it uh times are tough for people uh and i know julian just had a kid uh, but the What's in My Head podcast kicks big time ass. Uh, I love the guests that he has on. Uh, it's all 90s nostalgia. And I mean, there's 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 plenty of other stuff in there, too. But, you know, like voice actors, like uh, the voice actor for Rocco's Modern Life and for Patty Mayonnaise and, uh, you know, Yakko. And just he has a lot of cool voice actors and he's a he's a cool dude. Um so, I mean, you know, whatever. I'm essentially plugging the What's in My Head podcast right now. But That's it's cool. Pretty, it's, it's a pro. It's pretty cool. cool. And yeah. it's a fun uh, it's a fun YouTube channel, too. He has some some video uploads there, too, with the interviews and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, if uh, if people are interested in getting some custom 8-bit music done, uh, it is one of my favorite things ever to get to work on for people. Um, so I am always looking for for reasons to do that. Uh, and then my other thing I've been kind of putting around with is uh, my my food blog, my, my eight bites blog, uh, ATE bites. And uh, I have like, I hold, uh, hold on, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. I have close to 15 or 16 articles on there. Uh, and basically, I'm just kind of going around eating food like I do because I like food and taking pictures of it and writing, you know, goofy ass blog posts about it and, you know, cracking jokes and talking about the the restaurant and the service and what they got there. And, you know, just kind of bringing 
bringing attention to some places that I've really enjoyed and, you know, hopefully turn, uh, turn ahead of a few people to check a spot out that maybe they wouldn't have known about or wouldn't have seen. And, uh, it's just one of my other passions that I, I really love doing. So I've, I've got that. Uh, I, I personally post links for that on my own Facebook page under my actual name for those of you who know it. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that's, that's kind of what's going on with me. Um, yeah. Just promoting, nice. you know, good vibes. You know, feeling nice. good. Oh yeah, good vibes. Should, good, should, good grub. You should, you should uh, rename it. You should rename it Eight Bites, but with the number eight. I mean, I could because you can talk about meals that, that that take you eight bites to complete the meal. Oh my god, that's so true. Oh my god, only exclusive. Like if it takes like a seven, really big hot dog. Mm, if it takes yes. ten. Well, I mean, a real man eats a hot dog in one bite. I mean, that is true. Let's be real. Boom. <laughs> uh yes i i struggled i struggled with exactly how to format the name for a little bit but i'm like no i think it's a great i want to keep it i want to keep it yeah, i want to keep it with like the 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 way you say it makes it sound similar yes, to my yeah, my name so i, so I, think, I think that's fun yeah, yeah um yeah so that's that's kind of what's been going on uh it's been having a lot of fun with that trying to trying to squeak out time for that here and there where, where work allows but uh, yeah, yeah, you know that's uh, that's kind of the deal. Uh, Nintendo, welcome the fuck back, my dude. Yeah, it's dude, been, it's, it's been be legit back. to to chat about dumb Nintendo games and yeah. have a good time and just fucking do this stuff. Yeah, like, man, awesome. it's awesome. Love you know, dumb Nintendo games. Right, that's good because because you know we missed you. <laughs> yeah, dude, I missed this. Oh, right, good. I missed this. I miss everyone. So that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, this is and, much needed. And and most importantly, we're glad that uh, the things are going in the right direction for you. Yeah, yeah, and and so quickly too. So that's that's always so, a plus. Yeah. So uh, yeah. let's let's wrap this up now because uh, there's a yeah. thunderstorm going on outside, and my lights just flickered. And if uh, my power goes out, the episode's done. Okay. okay. Well, that wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous water growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, Facebook, Twitter, do either red or blue. Oh shit, I don't read that part. Anyway, so as being a part of the Anebiar Podcast Network, we are also part of the Dorkening Podcast Network, and uh, we have a lot of great shows that we are collaborating with. Wicked Horror Shore, Strange Show, Shark Bites, Amalga Files, Amalgamania, we just like Amalgamania. I don't fucking care. They're just nice. Uh, everybody's cool and everybody's awesome. Hug your dad and kiss your mom. Have a good night. Hasta la vista.